Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm Ben. I'm here with a handsy adult. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> For those who are not watching the video stream, uh, where I'm channeling time with my niece and nephew, which I will see this weekend again, uh, and doing hand puppets. Uh, mm. That's what the handsiness was for. <laughs> I, I don't want to get cast the Joe Biden sort of era. Mm. No, no. We well, don't now you have to keep your hands all the way up here for that entire podcast. <laughs> now. Yeah, like, look, <laughs> and check. <laughs> and obviously, that other voice is a nasty hands, Lucy. <laughs> oh, oh! Yeah, I'm quitting the pod. Oh no. Uh, no! No, that was not good at all. What is wrong with you, Ben? Who knows? I'm tired and I've had one beer, so I'm obviously. Oh, that's that's not enough. Really really yeah, that that does not justify it. <sighs> You're probably right. Should we crack into some beers then? <laughs> you justify me it. using it again right at the end of the episode. At all, you got beer this week? Oh, shit. I do have beer this week. Um, I have. Not that one. This one. I have this beer. <laughs> it is a beer from Abbotsford, BC. Small town in BC. That's if you were driving from Calgary to Vancouver, you would uh, go through. It's mm. close to Vancouver. It is Ravens Brewing Company. It is the Flying Dutchman. Mm. Uh, Mosaic IPA. It is 6.75%, 40 IBU. It is classified as a strong beer. Um, 6.75%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me double check. Am I re having these in the right order? No, I'm not. <laughs> All right, let's switch. I mean, the other one's an IPA as well. Um, but uh, it's an IPA. It's from Edmonton, so three hours north. It's called the Fjord. Mm. Uh, and it is also a strong beer. Welcome to Canadian Guidelines, because it is 6%. Okay. Uh, it is a hazy IPA that pairs yeast isolated from a traditional Norwegian farmhouse culture and a generous dose of fruity New World hops with bitterness to balance, tropical fruit and orange abound in this hazy beauty. And it uh, it's it's fjordy. It's pretty. Who, who is that from? So, uh, it is from, oh sorry, Syke. Syke. Nice. Syke Brewing Co. Which I've never heard of, but they are a newer brewery from understand in Edmonton, Alberta. Oh yeah, I was totally going to start with them because uh, talking about new breweries in Alberta is part of my topic. So, um, smart. Yeah, and then I totally grabbed the wrong can. <laughs> um, we'll probably start with that topic then in a moment once we've yeah. uh, once we've run down what we're drinking. Lucy, you're not drinking this week. No, or... but I had... cameo had to do it just for Yay, a deal, the measuring jug. jug. It wouldn't nice. be a beerless episode for Lucy if had the measuring jug. I've <laughs> got beer on my mum's dining room table runner. Uh oh. Go cloth. At least it's not the laptop. Um, this week I am going to drink from Garage. It is a collaboration with Whiplash and Forest Viac. I don't know how, how I would even say that word. W I A C E K. And it's called Missouri. 
It is... Wojciech. It's first. I don't even know where they're from, so I'm not going to butcher that any further than I already have done. Um, This is a goes brewed with pink grapefruit, lemons, and blood oranges. It has got extra pale and wheat as the malts. Uh, Fruit is pink grapefruit, lemons, and blood oranges, and the yeast is BRY97. Doesn't give me any hops at all Mm. on there. That's okay. No, no, no. There are hops. no hops. No hops whatsoever <laughs> to make all of those fruity flavours. Uh, but yeah, so Missouri from Garage. I yeah, hear I'll... it loves company. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. Very good. <laughs> I decided to pick this one up and drink it because we had a lot of good gozers. Gozers? Gozers. Geese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had a lot of good beers at the uh, lot of good goes at the Bristol Craft Beer Festival. So mm. this one just yeah, a lot. My little collection to have to like. Hell of a lot of them. Mm. I'm you surprised uh, at that choice actually because I thought it's very rainy. It's been raining for like a week. Yes. Well, someone may may have gone with a nice stout, nice imperial stout. It's imperial yes. stout. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe okay. maybe right. maybe later, Lucy. Maybe later. Is that siren? <laughs> <laughs> Are you predicting what we're going to drink? <laughs> well, I already, I already ruined the surprise by half announcing my beer. Yeah. Yes. And there's no surprise for me. It's measuring jug all night. So, <laughs> yes. so Adam, we'll wrap back around to you, dude. What, uh, what's your beer like? It is definitely tropically fruity on the nose. Mm. It's actually quite a soft nose. Like it's there. It's got a little passion fruit, a little pineapple, but like my mm. my nose is right right on the, the lip of the mug. Uh, and just that's when I'm like I'm not getting hit by like hops. Mm. It's not like I can smell from here. Um, also, I have my dad's lovely mugs. Yeah, I was about to say that's a very nice uh, vessel. Oh yeah, that you drink it. That has like, like twelve of them. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and then he drinks Pilsner, which I don't know if you've had. Did I ever bring back the horrible Saskatchewan beer? Ben, you may have had it. I don't think so. I think mm, I had it. don't know. You did bring back the Iceberg beer. I uh, yes. the Iceberg one. Yeah, and so Pilsner is, is along yeah. the same lines of generic Canadian quality. Okay. And you brought back those, like, Crowlers. Mm. Massive beers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And those yeah. are really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ooh. I mean, so uh, I forgot to mention it. It's definitely hazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks, mm-hmm. looks like an un- uncultured honey, so it's got a little more of the yellowiness yeah. in it versus the oranginess. Um, it's not too bitter. Um, it starts a little sweet, uh, gets you a touch of piney bitterness, and then finishes a little dry. But almost just a little bit of like a. Like a sweet orange that is not quite ripened. So there's a sweetness and a, and a sort of unrefined um, mm. bitterness, but like mm. it's on the way. But not like a bitter orange, but like a sweet orange that's a little a little touch bitter. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's that what what that Norwegian farmhouse yeast is doing. It might be it's giving it more of a sweet character than mm. a tart one because the sweetness is not something you normally feel with the rest of the flavors. 
um, but it's hard to tell. Um, it's it's really drinkable. Um, it's um, actually it is quite nice outside. Yeah. Yes. Um, I know that's a terrible picture, but yeah, it is it's hot, um, and so this is hitting really well. Um, yeah, it's good beer. Yeah. Not nice. quite the same weather over here. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You, yeah. I, if I, I turned my uh, laptop, you'd probably see the four horsemen just <laughs> running down the street because <laughs> it's been awful. Um, does that mean Dark Souls Four came out early? <laughs> oh. Games, guys! I know games. Yeah. <laughs> You've been on that little E3 run, haven't you? It's sort of uh, yeah, yeah. Well, in, well into and the played games. Mm. <laughs> I've listened oh to some commentary. Oh, here we go. Right. I will whip through this beer then, and we're going to talk about games, and no, we're going to talk about beers first, actually. So, uh, Missouri, which collaboration beer, from Garage. It's, it is really nice. Um, oh, there's like no head to that. Mm. Nope, barely anything at all. It is a very, very sort of, very light, um, orangey, kind of amber colour. Mm. It's Looks slightly um, peach from here. A little, a little, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, it has got a, a haze to it, but it's pretty translucent. I mean, I can, I can see my, you know, my finger moving in the background through the mm. glass, um, and it's definitely giving me a lot of that um, orange off the nose. I think it said it was grapefruit, orange, and and lemons as well. And so, I mean, the the orange is definitely what you pick out from that nose. Yeah. And on the flavour, I was expecting something maybe slightly, um, maybe something slightly sharper from this, but it's actually from quite like mellow, really. Yeah. Hmm. Getting yeah, like, grapefruit. Or... So you get a, um, you get a little bit of sharpness, you know, really, really light, which is married with a very slight sort of bitterness but only maybe that it's bringing that sharpness down very slightly um you get the fruits in there you are getting grapefruit you are getting um you are getting orange mm. maybe the 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 lemon is in there i'm not quite picking that out but maybe it's just in there just just backing things up a little bit and it kind of moves more actually the more it sort of sits the more the lemon kind of kicks in um but as it's as it's sitting and as those flavors are going through, the malt start to kick in, and actually I'm getting a nice little sort of biscuity finish to this. Mm. As it's sort of mm. it's really dry, and as it's drying out, it's more and more kind of a like a cheesecakey kind of flavor. You know, it's those, those fruits married with sort of uh, like a biscuitiness in there as well, and it's it's really really pleasant. Like okay. even with that dryness, I want to you know I'm reaching back for that dryness and. Reaching back because of that dryness, but I'm kind of happy with that because the flavour is very, very pleasant and really easy, very mellow. It's not yeah. quite the the hit I thought it was it was going to be. And obviously, I'm not going to get something. You know, it's not going to be as mouth puckering as something like a sour. Um, but it's kind of yeah. Does it still adhere to like that ghost style then? Like... It does. Yeah, definitely mm. does. And that that's okay. right at the front. And it mm. does it. That's what kind of helps that that dryness. That sort of that slightly very um, that citrus flavour. So those blood oranges and that lemon are kind of 
sucking everything out with that kind of that slight sort of tartness that it's got to it mm. um but it mellows very nicely and i think it's those malts that are that are helping with that just sort of mellow everything out okay. and to leave me with this just this nice kind of refreshing but very dry aftertaste uh, it's an odd one with it being dry and refreshing because i'm like mm. this is you know this is I, I this is really nice i feel very refreshed like <laughs> I need more now. So, yes. I think this is one of the nice, nicer goes beers I've had. Excellent. Mm. Uh, it's definitely goes a season here in Calgary, so I've had quite a few. And uh, yeah, with the hot weather, it's been great. Nice. Nice. We did have a very, very just a stick on beer. We did have a very, very nice goes from. Um, one of the one of the smaller breweries at Bristol Craft Beer Festival, Lucy. There were those four breweries on the same stand: Mothership, Dig, Vault Turning City, Point, and Turning Point. Yes. Which one I had a goes? I can't remember. remember. I think we had a beer from all of them, but I don't remember you... which one the goes <laughs> was from. Was it Dig Broco? I know that I had a stout from them. Did no, I don't any? think it was from Dig. It was I think either it was from, from Bolt City then. Bolt City, yeah, the one that yeah. you had, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I had a really nice. Was it goes from Yonder? Yeah. I can't remember. Ooh. Yes, because I had the pale, didn't I? You had a farmhouse. farmhouse. Yeah, mm. and I think I had a goes. I just remember they went down very quickly. Yeah. I'd have to trawl through um, Untapped because I think that was when I was still logging. Yeah, I was gonna say, how long did you last? They didn't. They didn't look. Even less time than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Just like yeah, they're all good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Ben, ben, you had you've done right by the Instagram. Oh yeah, Ben was on it. Yeah, we had a we had a there was definitely a few more than that, and I was looking at my because I tried to take photos of all of them. And I'm looking through my mm. album. Mm. And then looking through um, the list of beers, and there's more photos of beers than there are listed beers. So at some point, ah. I just stopped listing them. But and... still took pictures. Yeah. yeah. At some point, I would have gone on Instagram and gone, here's a picture of a beer. What beer is this? I've got no idea. Because I fell right. about three behind actually yeah. putting them on Instagram. And at that point, it was like, what's this beer ah. like? Ah, it was a beer. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We tried. We tried. So mm. let's stick with beer. Adel, you've got... Um, uh, uh, you've got a couple of things to talk about this week, but first, your your beer topic. Yeah, so, um, oh, if I had done my research, I would have been able to quote the episode. So, some episodes ago, uh, a few years back when I was in Calgary, I uh, sat down with Mark Carrion um, from Wild Rose mm. Brewing, and we talked about Wild Rose and him and his life in gaming and beer. Um, and I've coupled, I think the first time I came back, um, Canada, back when Malpass was still on the podcast, I brought a Wild Rose, I think the Cherry Porter or something, or yeah. a seasonal. Yeah. So Wild Rose has been like the Calgary Touchstone. I mean, it's the biggest, uh, it's one of the oldest craft breweries. I mean, it's a, it's a microbrewery. We talked about that on that episode, mm -hmm. which you can search on our website, Wild Rose. It'll fuck you up. Sure. Um, and it was like, you know, it's it was the, the main brewery of the tap in the grad lounge. So, like, in my last degree when I was working on campus, I had a lot of Wild Rose beers. 
etc. Well, end of May, they were bought out by Sleemans, which is an uh, which was basically Guelph, Ontario, small town Ontario, uh, became became the the, the biggest um, small brewery in Ontario that ended up being national. So you could get Sleemans Honey Brown was the main beer. You know, growing up, by the time I was drinking, you could get Sleeman's in a bottle anywhere, and that was, you know, some people's beer of choice. Um, so, like, not not quite national character in that it still had that sort of medium size that we don't really see much of anymore. Mm. Um, and, but a couple of years ago, Sleeman's was bought out by Sapporo. Uh, <laughs> okay. So when they press release, Wild Rose bought by Sleeman's, they're really saying Wild well, Rose yeah. bought by Sapporo, but let's let's not say it's an international takeover. And so, for those yeah. of you who don't know, Wild Rose is again like a. It's only sold in Alberta right now. It's quite a. It's available, you know, in the cities, especially in Calgary. Quite you know, even like not crafty, bougie pubs will have a Wild Rose beer on tap. It's like fairly standard. It's not quite mm -hmm. as corporate as. Big Rock, which I know we've had in the past as well, mm. they sort of were, their character is this, like, we're local, we're locally owned, blah, 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 and they were in talks for about a year of being taken over by Sleemans. Mm -hmm. And they've been told that nothing will change except size. Okay. So okay. The, the press release or whatever, and, like, the things they told people in the know were, like, we we want what you have. We don't want to change that, but we want to make more of it. Mm -hmm. um, what makes that interesting is so the reason why Calgary's has so much of a craft beer brew boom is because um, the when the NDP party was in power, uh, the left wing they put a basically they they passed a, a, a subsidies, tax breaks, etc. for breweries in Alberta. Yeah. And that's why there's so many now. Um, and, uh, and then they got voted out of that. Um, but sort of talking to people sort of in the Calgary Brew scene, there's almost, there's definitely too many. And like the odds of all of them being around in five years is kind of low because yeah. while Calgary is sort of 1.2 million people and is a reasonably hip town, it's still the average beer drinker in Calgary is a standard Canadian beer drinker. Not, it's not like Portland where they have like 80 breweries, but everyone drinks Portland brewed beer, right? Yeah. The average person doesn't drink Calgary brewed beer. So it doesn't matter that there's this many people and it's hip, but well, how sustainable is that trend? Mm -hmm. um, what makes this interesting is Wild Rose will be ineligible for that grant now because they're no longer locally owned and small, but also yeah. because um, they'll be, they're being, they were, they were told that we're going to make a lot more beer. Um, so and they so, no longer meet the requirements for sort of, uh, you know, the limits of how much you can make yeah. to, to, to receive that grant. But, you know, it, it's one of the things that kind of has, has been spoken about over here as well in terms of um, subsidies and or tax breaks, at least for breweries and how much people are making and things like that. And I know Cloudwater were a big sort of, um, were very outspoken, big proponent about this. Uh, maybe, well, it's a little while ago now, actually. It must be sort of 18 months or so ago when this had started mm -hmm. to be sort of discussed. Uh, you know, how do you scale up without then hitting this issue of, of that, that, that sort of that tax break and how that relates to you? But maybe think... with this, this, you know, with the, um, 
with the outgoing party um, is there a, a chance that this will be sort of repealed or turned over that those tax breaks won't, won't matter anymore that actually you know they're thinking about it from this side thinking well you know now there's a chance that we may longer no longer we may no longer get those kind of uh, reliefs so suddenly it's a bit more appealing to you know to sell out or, or oh. to have a have a buyer come in now because because suddenly we can have that expansion we can take that next sort of step yeah. with someone else's money and we're not having such a big hit as if it was our own money trying to take that step and then not getting that relief sort of yeah thing. so it's kind of a, I mean, a, a bit of a buffer perhaps i mean so water has been around for 20 plus years so they didn't need that grant mm -hmm. anyway because they've been established yeah. Um, so I think that was just like free money for them that now is disappearing. But corporate overlords, load boards mean huge coffers to to help that growth. Yeah. But like if you go to their website now, like they still talk about like we're only sold in Alberta, we're locally owned and guarantee local use of ingredients as well, et cetera. And you're like that stuff. Well, first of all, those claims won't be true on mm. one side, but also scaling up and having corporate overlords mean the odds of finding a cheaper source for the you know the grains etc will be on the table but also yeah. even if you even if they wanted to keep that ethos if you're moving up to 40,000 plus liters or whatever it is um your local sources probably won't be able to actually sustain that like mm -hmm. wild rose up until now i mean it, they, they've been slowly growing but like they've been they they were doing the we do our thing well thing yeah and like you don't need like this late stage capitalism of growth for growth's sake kind of is yeah. one of my biggest bugbears mm. of the world um and it's sort of just sad to see i mean it clearly makes sense for all the shareholders etc but it's sort of sad to see something that was doing really well in its niche dominating mm. really reliable um and nothing was going wrong but now they're going up because that's what you do mm -hmm. um but yeah so so that's the wild rose story who knows i mean hopefully they're not gonna they're gonna hold, hold true their word and not mess with what's working um and uh, i thought this would be good I and mean, we've talked about it before in some of our brew dog conversations etc but like the generic it's now owned by sleeman's response i think we're all on the same page of <laughs> doesn't really matter like if the beer is yeah. good beer um there you go but um and the brewers so, are not getting mm, fucked with yeah so when they said oh we just want to you know produce more expand was there any was it just a nebulous comment like just vague or or, or did they say no we want to start distributing in these places we want to grow to this size and, um yeah so, no so, so right now wild rose is not sold um outside of uh alberta and the point yeah. of buying it is that they wanna... wants to push it outside of alberta mm -hmm. but also um yeah make more and sell it wider is basically the point um yeah. what i also found out which i didn't realize is uh i don't think i've ever talked about okanagan springs because i'm not a big fan of their beers but they're a small british Columbian brewery and they are apparently part of the sleeman's portfolio as is unibrew which i'm sure um I brought either Maldi or Findumont years and years ago. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, the, the universe the, is the, the names. I was going to say, the, the names, yeah. Yeah. They're like these 
like old school style pseudo euro style um, beers that are you know nine seven percent um big hit you in the face quebec beers and i had no idea mm. they got bought out by Sleeman's aka sapporo so it does seem like and uh, so that gave me hope because i had no idea unibrew had been bought out mm. um and apparently that was years ago and so when mm. i come back and i see them in liquor stores they're still the same brand and like maybe i've seen yeah. them in other liquor stores but that's about it so mm. that gives me hope that like oh what they're doing is like instead of trying to get people to buy Sleeman's products in Alberta, they're like, why don't we just buy the Sleeman's equivalent, which is kind of what Okanagan Springs is-ish in British Columbia, in that it's sort of inoffensive, rarely available, but bought for BC Pride. Um, and Quebec has its own, like those aren't standard beers, but they're, I mean, people drink Unibrew beers in Quebec, but it's like, oh, okay, now it's all actually Japanese. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so that gave me hope, um, and also again, I, I've got a friend who works for Wild Rose, and so it's just nice to see that he's probably okay. Although to yeah, be fair, he's yeah. the only. So they've got a tap room, which is in an old, in the old Curry Barracks, um, and so it's in like a actual old barracks like hangar, uh, and <laughs> he's the only brewer in the tap room there. And the, so they do he, his job is to do weird experimental stuff in their smaller mm. stills. Um, and so it's like, well, unless they're going to get rid of that little jewel of a, of a thing in the middle of Calgary, uh, his job's probably safe. Um, mm. Yeah. But you, you sort of, where where you worry is that, like, well, if you have the standard tastes of, like, if I'm a corporation and I'm like, okay, you've got your standard things everyone buys, you don't really need to employ, like, high-quality brewers if I don't need to worry about the seasonal turnover, if I'm just trying to shit, send out the standard fare, right? Yeah, I think it would that, that that's something that maybe um you know will will stay for a while. Um but then as kind of that um that corporate touch comes in a little bit more, you know, the the bulk buying of ingredients and the the the, the sort of the mass production of beers and things like that. If suddenly there is a little bit of a turn in the economy, that experimental part is going to be the first thing to go. Yeah, it's, I think so. so it's kind of you know it, it, it's a, it's a, a difficult one, isn't it? And I suppose even then, if it was you know even a small brewery, if there is a, a, an issue with the economy or something happens with a brewery and they need to start doing some sort of cost saving measures, then those sorts of things, yeah. unless they are a you know for a smaller brewery, unless you say actually thirty percent of our our income comes from these experimental beers in our tap room here, you know. If it, if it doesn't account for a huge amount, then that will be sort of one of the first things to um, to sort of change. Yeah. So that, that's, I guess, the existential worry is I, what I really liked about Wild Rose is that they were readily available. They, they're, mm-hmm. like I said, I said it before, but there are microbreweries, so they have like five standards. Um, but they always had seasonals, one or two seasonals, and that was expanding mm-hmm. in the more recent years because the craft scene expanded in Calgary so they could sustain experimentation. But like, there are people who, you know, buy their six pack of beer a week and it's the same beer, yeah. the beer they like. And it would be like Wild Rose Red or yeah. Velvet Fog. And like they, so they live in that space that we sort of have in the UK so much well, of like. It, it's uh, sort of like. Buying... Maybe, maybe Brewdog fans, but like people who like love their beer, mm. their good beer, but don't want to experiment. Like the way craft has sort of come up in the UK, because I think it just sort of accelerated as we've got a much more of a scene. 
approach for a lot yeah, of perhaps, drinkers. Perhaps. I think it's maybe moving that way a little bit with the inclusion of certain breweries and certain um, core ranges of their beers being in supermarkets, yeah, uh, totally. like Northern Monk and New World IPA or Magic Rock and Cannonball, things like that, you know, um, which which people kind of may think, actually, yeah, this is a really solid beer. That's all I kind of need, yeah. you know, I guess, forever, really. But Yeah, I guess I, the, what, what I was trying to describe is how it's sort of like the UK went from this direction and Canada went from this direction because we had microbrewing way yeah. before we had craft. So we have the people who bought in on the local small new mm -hmm. regular and then move are moving to like experimental etc while it's like oh people were like going into the craft scene and then some people now that the craft scene's big enough it's like it's given enough that they've got enough reach and market know-how that like people will now get standard beer drinkers people who want our standard beer are now mm -hmm. moving towards it sort of like yeah. directionality is different but i think they'll settle out in the same way right You'll yeah, I think I I have one issue with with, with sort of um, like the corporate kind of takeovers of, of smaller, a, any kind of smaller company, really. Um, and I know we've talked kind of at length about, you know, if the if the if the beer is good and sort of like, you know, nothing really kind of changes around that. That's that's fine. You know, great. We still support them. We still pick up their beers. They're obviously still taking a percentage of, of that going through. And a, and a bit of money is going to the the bigger corporations, and I I don't want to throw out any names here because I cannot remember who it is, so I don't want to fucking yeah you know, drop the wrong name yeah, but I'm pretty sure there was a um, some conversation around this a little while ago where suddenly the idea was even if it is you know one percent per beer that you buy goes to the the corporation. There was an issue with that corporation then funding some very very shady sort of stuff um and not you know not reinvesting into the right kinds of things and i don't want to say what that was either was it the remember. epic game store or... <laughs> <laughs> it was yes it was it's all going to the epic now everything um oh man yeah <laughs> But uh, I mean, that's the only that's the only issue I have with it. If if you know if you find it like Sapporo it actually funds fucking like Russian nuclear weapons yeah. or something, there's a bit of a fucking issue. So it, I mean, it's kind of it's knowing it's doing a little bit of research and being like, okay, yes, I do still enjoy these beers and I do want to drink that, but what am I now contributing to? I think people are becoming a lot more aware about kind of where their money is going and where it kind of ends up as well. Uh, so sure. even yeah. if it's a small percentage of something going to some shady shit, people will be less likely to um, to, to get involved. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah, because uh, that that is a thing that you won't see on the bottle, right? Like mm. a small company, small medium sized company, is its entire vertical slice. So you know, like when Wild Rose gives a charitable donation or like auctions off a VIP, you know, brewing day or whatever, you know that's 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 the extent of things while well, as soon as it's owned by people let alone owned by people who own by people like yeah you don't know how much of what else is going on and then mm -hmm. it all gets a little fuzzy yeah mm. i hadn't actually appreciated that yeah good point man anyway um so uh, yeah i guess there's the existential doubt of like how much innovation might get yeah just by the nature of corporations 
Um, well, they always swing back the other way when it's like, oh, you know, we've we've grown, we've expanded, and now, oh, holy crap, people are like, you know, saying this doesn't taste how how it used to, like brew dog, and it's like, okay, let's just shove some guys in a corner and let them experiment all they want, and I'm sure it's a dream for those people because they got yeah. probably unlimited money and um, just allowed to experiment. But yeah, it's always it's always a toss up, isn't it? Just never yeah. know. Mm. <laughs> um, I will say this about mm. the witch McCallit that I just drank. Fjord. Um yeah. Fjord stone Fjord. fruit I didn't initially notice. Especially on the finish the stone fruit. So okay. um, but again yeah, echoing what you said about your beer, it's it's oddly mellow. Um mm. which is really nice on a hot day with a cold beer, but as a six percent I guess I don't really feel like the Nipah. It could just be a, a light IPA. Yeah. But mm. still very satisfying. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, Lucy. Hmm. You've been very quiet. Let's come to yes. you. Talk about the game that you've been playing. I was just absorbing it all in because it's like <laughs> I know nothing about the Canadian uh, beer scene. It's very interesting. Thank you for your insight, Bill. Now I can get all their beers over here because capitalism. Because <laughs> <laughs> of globalization. Uh, yes. <laughs> I just think, like, when one okay. gets bought out, I mean, even though it seems like Canada's hitting that critical mass with how many there are now, there always seems to be, like, a few more good ones popping up in their place. So Yeah, well, like I said, the Alber yeah. I, did, I didn't actually appreciate last time I was here. I was like, wow, there's so many more. Mm. I didn't realize it was because of this NDP tax cut thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's also a proper ass, proper bottle shop, which I meant to send you guys pictures of, and didn't. Um, <laughs> which has like, they do growlers and they have about 12 different things on tap for growlers. Nice. And then they have walls of, of, of local beers. And it was mostly like, oh yeah, I was right. There's just too many beers here. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta drink them all. So you yeah, just so step like, in so and like just order instantly. Quarters and stouts are not even in the fridge because there's no fridge space. Mm. Also, I yeah. figured it's because they're off season, but like I was just like, Gee, yeah. uh. anyway. <laughs> um, but it was nice to see a real proper bottle shop. From yeah, like, that we've never had that type of thing like with mm. growlers, etc., or on tap for yeah. the home in, in Calgary before, and it was like we we've grown. We're like a real beer city. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we all get that. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Lucy, you've been playing yeah. a game. Is it about globalization? Have I? <laughs> well, you didn't. Hear. <laughs> Haven't you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have I? Pretty sure you said you had. Yeah, I played Katamari. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you on about Void Bastards? I don't know. You oh just man, I really want to play, play the game. Oh yeah, I play the game. Not about globalization, though. Oh, I okay. guess it's about. Hmm. It, it does have those undertones, but more mm. expansive. Okay. What's the universe equivalent of globalization? <laughs> Universalization. Yeah. Yes, we'll call it that. Um, yes, I played Void Bastards. Pro I think I finished it uh, about a week ago. 
Yeah. Yeah, about this time last week, I think, uh, before I came down to Bristol. Um, played it on Game Pass. Um, I don't know. I think it's only on PC. Yeah, I believe and so. And Xbox. Yeah, I'm not sh- sure if it's PC Steam or Epic. I can't it's keep up with that nowadays. Steam. Steam. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it might yeah. also be Epic, but it's not one of them. Controversial. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, which is good because it's I'm glad this didn't have any controversy surrounding it because and everyone was just able to and play and enjoy the game providing you know especially if you've got game pass Um, Mm. this was like the perfect game pass game for me it's like it's a procedurally generated yeah roguelike um, hints of strategy game Um, it's first-person shooter as well. It's a lot of things rolled into <laughs> one, <laughs> and it's something like, "Oh, this could be my jam," but it might not be as well because there's a lot of terms like strategy and rogue-like yeah. and procedurally generated that doesn't that art exactly style, vibe with me. Comic book. I really like it. I really like that art style. Yeah. Um, like... Go on, sorry. Have you played any of it, deal? No, I, mean, it, I almost it... bought it and then. Mm. Uh, I was like, well, I can't even play it right now. Yeah. So why would I buy it? And then luckily I didn't because now I can spend a dollar when I get back. Yes. And get on Games Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a great PC game, I imagine, as well. So. Yeah. Uh, but, like, from what I understand from seeing a couple, like, preview, quick look, look mm. play things, um, was that it's, like, some plot you're a prisoner of some sort but like the the main yeah. loop is you are trying to get certain items and you do that via moving on like a map of like different nodes of like ships yeah like a ftl and, yeah uh, and, and then yeah. and then each ship you can board or not board and that's where the first person shooter elements come in yeah absolutely it's just completely that loop it's um yeah you're you're a prisoner of some intergalactic prison it's like so um it is a roguelike so every time you die you um get a new prisoner so these are just like cannon fodder and it's like you know your character's not gonna last for long and it's like they're not meant to because they are just meant to be going into the galaxy and finding Mm. things and risking their heads so it's not like a clone Um, sort of thing no um all all different characters and what's cool is um which i didn't realize until i started the game is that each character every time you you know roll a new character they all have different um traits and quirks so like Mm. rogue legacy like Mm. um they can be advantageous or they can be downright annoying like (laughs) um one one time i rolled um because the first few um i think i probably went through like maybe six or seven uh characters um the first few were just like you know didn't really notice much um some of them might have had like oh you can see uh objects on the minimap um but <laughs> i did have a few new annoying ones because one was oh this person <laughs> is so tall that you're a bigger you're a bigger target for enemies that enemies can see you easy you know more easy and it's like okay I, I'm so tall, I have to literally look all the way down in the camera to pick up stuff, and it's like, this oh, is a man. real hindrance, you know? <laughs> and, does that um, your ability to go through doors? Not to go through doors, but to, oh, like, yeah, but... just 
get places quickly because you're always having to yeah interact with things you're always looking much further down than you used to and stuff like that and the inverse of that is that i had a character who was really really short and it was like yeah (laughs) couldn't you know enemies couldn't see me that well but this is also very difficult but um fortunately uh you can go to certain ships and um change your traits or go into wormholes and sometimes your traits are just changed on the fly there's a lot of um environmental mutations yeah there's a lot of rng in this game which Mm. there's just enough rng for it to be still be exciting like on your 10th 11th run but not too much where it becomes annoying where it's sure. like, this is just completely wholly unfair. So it, it strikes a good balance in between those things. Um, and the great thing about it, it is a roguelike, but you're always progressing. You're always, always progressing. Um, it took me probably about, maybe about nine, ten hours to complete overall. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and the thing is, is that you are, as Adil said, you are trying to find these objects, um, on your on on your course through through space, and it's it's usually about three objects. Um, and then once you get those three, you can assemble this piece of equipment, and then move oh. to like the next part of the story. Um, but even when you Is die, the equipment. Hmm. Oh, cool. sorry, I think you're in Yeah, even when you die, you will still say if I got um, I need to compile a computer, and I have two or three parts. Even if my character then dies. My new character will still have those two, two or three parts. So it's not like I'm getting rolled all the way back. So is the is the does the narrative? So one of my problems with a lot of these roguelikes is like mm. I like the gameplay loop of like meta progression while still having the rogue up, like run. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times the narrative doesn't justify the like part rather than mm. the rogue part. Um. You see, I wasn't wild about the story. I think it. I think it does an all right job in justifying, oh, like, you know, don't get too attached to this character. If something goes wrong, it does. Don't worry, we'll just throw you in a novel with another person, and you are still carrying over items. But and does it narrative be that, no, or is it just that it no, not matter because the narrative is kind of too thin. The narrative is thin. It doesn't really. Ha- I mean, it's told in like. You know, it's got the whole comic book aesthetic, so it's told through like uh, you know, comic book panels. Um, every every time you do like a big story beat, like compile, say a computer, and move on to the next part and get the next three items. But I guess it it does the bare minimum by saying, oh, you know, this person died, but you know, we want this person to go through the galaxy because it is for the benefit of this company i can't remember why mm. this is how much i was paying attention to the story but they want they want someone even though they're all cannon fodder they don't care how many who, who die you know but they want that one thing at the end and it's like however many we go through who cares but we will then give you know roll over these items so we can get there quicker you know okay. so it, it's, it's very you know it's, it's tenuous, yeah. It's, it's saying, not really, it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same degree as the rest of the narrative, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I've never come to like a roguelike and been like, "Yeah, this story's great." So <laughs> it's just like well, that's just me personally, but it's like I, I'm, I'm usually there for like the gameplay in these kinds of games. It's like story, 
yeah, it's, it's serviceable. It has a it has a nice like quirky humor to it, which is nice. Um, but but yeah, it's like gameplay. The gameplay is what got me. The loop is what got me. Um, the shooting's great. You never aimed out in the sight, so it's all from the hip. Um, oh, I mean, you're you're allowed to. I mean, it's pick. antithetical to how I play FPSs, but that's a nice, okay. a simple mode. Yeah, it's it's got like a nice, you know, like doomy feel to it. Like you know, nice fluidity to the to to the movement and the and the shooting. Um, yeah, you're allowed to carry uh, like free objects. I think you're allowed to carry like a main web main weapon, a sub weapon, and like so some other like tactical gear with you. Um, and because you can, you know, map out where you know which ships that you want to go to. Um, and see what's on the ship before you land on it, and or if you decide oh, okay. to land on it um, before you dock, you can see like which enemies are there, how many's gonna oh, wow. roughly roughly how many. Sometimes it'll say, "Oh, few, many, shitloads." Yeah, yeah. Qualifiers, but they give you a reason, like a quantifiable range. Yeah, and that's just the enemies. It doesn't say like, "Oh, you know." Um, surveillance things. I don't tell you. Oh, yeah. There's going to be like six cameras. Right. That's like, yeah. You don't know. Um, but yeah, it gives you some qualifiers of maybe what's going to be on the ship. Like, oh, I might find food or fuel on the ship, or I might not find any of those things. Oh, but there's so a med have day. FPL style. Yeah. Like, so what happens if you run out of fuel? Um, if you run out of fuel, you will or then start. Again. Well, if you run out of food, um. Every 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 move that you take on the map, um, you'll lose some health. If you run out of fuel, um, you'll have to drift through space, but that'll take longer. In um, you know theoretically, and then you'll consume food. Okay. Um, and if you, you start like consuming more food and run out of food, yeah, yeah, yeah there's um, there's always you know there's cause and effect. You know everything has a consequence at the end of the day. But yeah, it's it's just. It's really well balanced. Um, I th towards the end, unlike the last run or the penultimate run, I, I was getting a bit frustrated. Like, okay, these enemies are just killing me, and I was like, okay, I get the loop. I've I've got the point of the game. I just want to finish it at this point. <laughs> I could just drop it down to easy. <laughs> right. You know, like you know, halfway through the run, you can drop it. You can make it hard. You can make it easy peasy. I was just like, okay, I'm going to drop it down one and just okay. complete it. And I was like. Yeah, I, I still felt like I, like I got everything I wanted out of the game. When, when did that, so when that sort of creep in? When did that sort hmm. of that that feeling sort of creep in that you were kind of, you know, that you were ready to it was... sort of skip through? <laughs> it, it was um, sadly when I got like stuck out of bounds behind like a filing cabinet, <laughs> and uh, I couldn't okay. do anything, so I basically just ran out of oxygen. And I was like, okay, I had to start a new run. It was the only time that happened, to be fair. But it's like, in a game like this, if if it was like a more punishing roguelike, I would have been like, yeah, that's it, I'm done. But sure, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but since all my items carried over, right. you know, my, my equipment, my food, my you know, everything like that, and all, all my abilities that I had, you know, acquired previously, like, I, I bulked my character up so... They don't consume as much oxygen, or they have more health. Oh, All of those and that, are that carries over. That carries over, so it it wasn't frustrating <laughs> at it's all, a, especially because I could drop it down to easy as well. 
Sorry? Sorry, is that the same category as the like tall mutation, or are these two different? Like, is it like perks and mutations, or there's there's a lot of different things. Um, like, there's weapons first of all. Um, like main weapons, sub weapons, like tactical gear. Yeah. You can unlock more of those, and make them stronger over time. Um, and then there's and other stronger is persistent. Yeah, everything's persistent. Um, okay. There's more passive ones where it's like yeah. Don't you know? Don't um, consume as much oxygen. And have more health, and then there's the ones which do roll when you get n new characters, which are those mutations. Okay, and so that's where the, they're the only ones that sort of yeah, refresh. exactly. Yeah, cool. And, yeah, and those are the same things that you like trying. go through a weird nebula and get. Is that what you were saying? Mm. Um, you can go to certain ships and you can change your mutations. Um, you're never sure. There's usually like one of three choices you can pick, um, and they can, I think they can either add to um, like your your mutations or and then take away some of the mutations. Um, so it's it's really just like okay, I currently am very short, but I can see all the enemies on the mini map. I go to oh. this ship and I can either take away you know if i take away my shortness maybe i'll lose the ability to see enemies oh, on yeah, minimap yeah but then i'll gain the ability to like run through slime or something like that so it's all push and pull it's like micromanaging your your loadout and character and thinking oh i need to plot a few um missions ahead because mm -hmm. holy crap i'm running out of food or i'm running out of fuel i'm probably gonna have to dock at the next ship that next ship has hundreds of turrets on it maybe <laughs> who knows or like hundreds of these little enemies um i'm gonna have to be able to you know approach that and maybe this mutation will help me in that way so yeah it's uh, there's more strategy in it mm. than you'd think just, just on a surface level so it does sound like That's... a quite a nice balance between uh between that sort of that that meta sort of strategy roguelike element and then the you know the first person sort of shooty shooty gameplay yeah 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 it's, it's, there's a lot a lot of depth in in it but mm. not too much to the point where it's like okay this is uh you know this is not what i wanted it's something yeah like it, it's it's easy to get into the loop it's easy you know explaining a lot of it and you do figure out pretty quickly what's required and what you need to do just to have the best runs possible but it's not like one of those games where it's like oh my gosh the run came to an end i was doing so well everything went wrong and it seemed unfair it's one you of those where it's like your deaths. no it's like cool i'll just roll it again and see what's next and it's always exciting to see what you know what mutations you're going to get next what what kind of ship you know what what kind of ships are out there in the map and how it's looking and how screwed you are so, yeah it's re it's really good really good balance it's, it's one of the my favorite games i've played this year nice okay perfect game pass game yeah yeah i know i i have a little bit of conversation around it that maybe you know if it hadn't have come to game pass or something like game pass didn't exist that this may have been sort of lost a little bit yeah in the, for sure know, just within the the market with all the other games that kind of come out came out but as you say perfect kind of game pass game really and uh, they've yeah. done well to to sort of secure that and know i guess the market enough to sort of be like yes this is something we're going to do this is how we're going to get eyes on our game yeah 
Uh, uh, what are the ratings like on Steam for that game? Um, I've got no idea. Yeah. What's it called? Void Bastard? Yeah. Steam. Just wondering. Because I know critics liked it. Um, yeah. uh, it has a 9 out of 10 with 705 reviews. That's pretty good. That's very good, yeah. 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 That's a very I, positive I that's thing. I mean, it's mm. been it came out on Steam on the twenty eighth of May. So it's been out what two weeks? About two weeks. Yeah. 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 yeah um, good for them. Um, mm. I, I hope it gains some more traction. Hopefully, it, when it comes to PlayStation, it'll have another round of um, oh, eyes on it. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to read uh, two bad reviews. Okay. And by that I mean I'm really, the one says SJWs all over this game. No, it's actually play as a woman. Too much slower. Board a vessel, shoot three enemies to death, loot everything, craft some hearts. I'm assuming it's a uh, shit or something, I don't know. I mean, it might be. Repeat. Got boring after one hour to play. Literally played one hour. Um, I think yeah. I, I think after playing it, it, they're they're somewhat right in that it is, you know, rinse, repeat, but there's enough variety in there where it doesn't get too boring, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think Which sticking it out after a few... Thing. Yeah, and you're, you're going into like different n nebulae? Yeah, nebulae. Plural? Nebulae? <laughs> I think nebulas. Geese. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going into... <laughs> you're, going, you're going deeper into like, you know, outer space and the enemies change, and you know mm -hmm. what you're gonna come come across it, that changes. So, okay. but I can see like you, you know last probably quarter of the game, yeah. But it's oh, when I dropped it down to the first so okay. hour of it though. Yeah, I don't think they but, saw it quite. But hey, as you yeah. say, it's very subjective. However long. Um, I will mention that the other negative negative review that um, I saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, they basically said they really want to like it, um, but their problem was there was no feeling behind pulling the trigger or throwing traps, and so they they got so they didn't like that they had to wander about and almost always ran out of ammo. Uh, did, and that was sorry, did did he, did they say that there's like no weight to throwing things? Yeah, right? yeah. I, I, in some FPSs, I, I I certainly get that. That's why I never liked Overwatch. Like firing every gun felt the same. Totally, so there's yeah. no weight to it, but sorry, I completely understand that criticism. And this one, you feel like is the same? Like you didn't? You no, like I enjoyed. That. I enjoyed the the shooting. Um, okay. Yeah, but it, I, I, I think it's, it helps. It has that aesthetic, like that really comic book aesthetic, and so does Overwatch. Like this very like hearted and jovial aesthetic. But I, I don't know, like. I knew I'd be in and out if this game it isn't like Call of Duty or Overwatch, which you'd reasonably play for hours and hours on yeah, end every day. Yeah. Right. You know? In and out. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, I this am... person played 0.8 hours and they said that it was boring and it get run always running out of ammo um, on every ship gets old real fast. If you've played 0.8 hours, I don't think you can have an always comment, but that's just. Uh, yeah, running out of ammo is a. What I should say about this game, it's like, it's fun when things go wrong. It's fun when it's like, oh my god, I've got 30 seconds, I'm running out of energy, 
not energy, oxygen. Oxygen, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's enemies everywhere. I really need to get that fuel tank because I have no fuel left. And you're like scrambling and running around trying oh, to get that, you know. You can sprint through the map to get the pickup. Do you know where things are on the ships? Or is, I guess that um, works for that? Uh, most ships will have um, a helm and you can access a map. Um, and it'll show, it'll oh, show of it. Of course, Lucy yeah, likes it. Know. There's a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> no, a helm, not a helmet. But yeah, yeah, you can access a map and you could pay like uh, their little currency um, in it, in-game currency. I should clarify, where you can like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, either disable all surveillance or I'll um, access the map so that everything just shows up on the map, like enemies mm. and everything. So, yeah, there's a lot to it, and mm. but it's not overwhelming. Very approachable. Good. Good. Cool. I like this I like this new approach. Someone says, Here's a game, I enjoyed it, and then we mm. get them to rebuff the criticism of yeah. said game from we should Steam do that. reviews. I, yes. Yeah, I was okay. like, yeah, let's get the rhythm. Only game. only once only once per episode perhaps. We've been no. hours rebuffing. No, no I mean I think it, I think if we end up going like this this was sort of like Lucy's main topic was this one game. So then it makes sense to like push yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely, if Lucy's completely. main topic is these are the seven games I've played, then we need to be like Well Uber Gamer sixty nine four twenty said not enough boobs. What do you think, Lucy? <laughs> boobs. I agree. I agree. Not enough boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh. <laughs> so I have um I've just opened another beer and it's spilled all over me. Oh yeah, I forgot there was another beer. Another beer way. spilled yeah. all over me. Mm. Um, well, we know that I'm having the Ravens Brewing Flying Dutchman Mosaic IPA, and I'm having water. Oh no! Very unfortunate. At least you're um, at home. That's true. I could just go and change my jeans. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that later. I'm going to sit in my own wetness for. You're going to stew in your own <laughs> filth. Yeah. Well, at least someone else's brewed filth for you know. About an hour or so. Sit in some yeast. No, <laughs> mm, <laughs> lovely. So, Adol, uh, we, we kind of know what your beer was. What was it? A crow? Some kind of crow blood or Raven. something? Ra Raven. Raven. Brewing from Abbotsford, BC. Flying Dutchman Mosaic IPA. 40 abuse, 6.75%. And has this lovely yeah, sketch of the Flying Dutchman um, art. Reminds me of Return of the Oberdin. Yeah, totally. Mm. Um, it poured. I did a quick pour. Pretty. I don't know if you could tell how. I think the resolution is not great on the camera, but really big bubbles, like like yeah. a like a finger and a half of head, but really big bubbles. It's going to disappear right away. But on that pour, I'm getting um, a little bit of floral um, and some nice uh, tropical fruits, like from here. You can smell it. Like, so before the last beer, I was like, oh, my nose was in the last. I'm getting those notes right off, like, three inches away from the top. Nice. Um, yeah, a little, I'm going to say, maybe passion fruit. Mm -hmm. um, getting a touch of maltiness, too, there. That's sort of rounding the sweetness of the nose. Um... Yeah, I'm just, just gonna... looking at this. Uh, sorry, Adil, yeah. this these pictures of that bottle shop. Hmm. You're showing. I love how they've um, like sorted them by style. 
right? In the in the, in the <laughs> coolers. Yeah. Sorry, okay. I just had to. Yeah. Um, Never seen like the right that way to do it, really right? good. rather than match, rather yeah. than putting them like yeah. So this is why I was saying like so there was like, yeah. zero, but that is also meant there was zero cold um, porters and stouts because <laughs> they're, they're on the shelf on the corner because all of the yeah. stouts and porters are on the shelf. Um, the uh, they even have a section for a small like column in one of the coolers for like um, dark cream, drinks. the scotch, gluten free. Not yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's called collective cool. in Calgary, Alberta. If you, we have any Calgary listeners anymore, um, yeah, and it's sure really you. good. Um, I, I, and I enjoyed having a chat with. Um, and I should have mentioned. Oh yeah, do you do like your own bottle shop? I have no idea if you do this, like tap takeovers. Like, no, not really. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> um, that's fair, because you're like the only bottle shop I've ever seen in Calgary. But like, let's say in the UK, this is like a thing. You could just have all those, all all those lovely taps by one brewer. True. Sure. That they're mm. only starting to get like pub tap takeovers in Calgary. So. Okay. Um, I've seen but... less in the UK this year. Well, just round by me. Oh, it is. I think we've, I think ours have increased. Generally. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely getting definitely a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's more sort of you know a lot of. Um, you know, people from from much sort of further away. Um, obviously, you've got a few people that are kind of a little bit more local, but maybe you don't get as often and things. But yeah, Bristol seems to have to picked up definitely in those tap takeovers, mm. especially yeah. places like Small Bar and things, which suddenly will have a, a a tap taker from like an American brewery or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Mm. don't get me wrong, there's still a lot. Maybe I'm just not going to as many this year. Mm, perhaps. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, what are you doing there, Ben? My beer is 9%. It is from Weirdbeard, and it is an, the Impy Hating Hippie, which is an Imperial Rose Cinnamon and Cardamom Stout. Wow. Yes. That sounds um, really interesting. There's, uh, with Weirdbeard, there's a lot of flavor text, so I'm going to rattle through this. Back in 2017, we brewed a flower power themed beer for a well-known Dutch beer festival with owner Brian driving a VW camper called Fifi. He once had the nickname Hippie Hating Hippie. So, yeah, Hippie Hating Hippie. So, that's what the beer was called. We soon decided that the beer could easily handle amping up, so we added some lactose and turbocharged the ABV to 9%. Perfume and spice, a hint of dark Arabian nights. The nose is a heady mix of rose and cinnamon. Light yet alluring. A sensuous trail to lead you astray. The tip of the tongue is caressed by a fresh rose before the earthly warmth of cardamom swells to encompass the palate and an illicit embrace. The body is dry yet sweet from the lactose, a fragrant heat full of promise and desire without a bitter aftertaste. Instead, the ghost of the rose rises for one final whiff, a lingering memory of the secrets untold. What a bunch of shit. <laughs> It might completely describe, and it's very, it might completely describe the beer. To be it's honest, very flamboyant. As someone who has weird on almost every week of this podcast, um, <laughs> the, they're, they're pretty accurate with their flavour text, yeah. though. Let's see. Doesn't give me, um, oh, it does give me ingredients. A... Tiny, tiny ingredients. Just says contains malted barley. Lactose, rose hip, rose petals, cardamom, mm -hmm. cinnamon, oats, cinnamon. wheat. Why do I keep saying cinnamon? cinnamon? I don't know. It's really adorable, though. <laughs> <laughs> oats, wheat, uh, 
Algarve nectar, hops, Agave. water and yeast. Um, it sounds like uh, the indie theaters, like child and baby friendly night. Oh, it's the cinnamums. <laughs> it, it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like their flowery uh, messaging on their the yeah, bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, on the nose, it, it's better than like hops, yeast, mar- yeah. barley. Yeah, yeah, it does give it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Water. Yeah. Always water. Mm, really? I <laughs> wasn't sure that water was in here. Oh. Mm. So the nose mm. gives me a lot of cinnamon. Mm. And yeah, cinnamon. that's how I say cinnamon. <laughs> when I'm talking quickly, that's how it comes up. Getting a lot of cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> Fuck, cinnamon. I love it. This it's is great. This is my new favorite thing. <laughs> oh no! And when you struggle, it almost like it sounded like you were trying to say cinnamon. So, a lot of cinnamon. Also, that's yeah. a, the title. Is, 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 is tap takeovers and cinnamums. <laughs> um, this is a nice. This is this is really nice. Getting, um, you know, getting that that light, delicate floralness straight off the bat, which really mm-hmm. quickly turns into that sort of spiced flavor mm. almost a little um sort of almost a little licorice with that combination mm. of, of spices going on um has a a very slight thickness to it not huge but a slight one it's a little bit mm. viscous but that makes it very very smooth and that runs down the throat really really easily and I mean, their flavour text is is spot on because that bitterness, that earthy bitterness, does kick in, and then does kind of it sticks around, but it definitely is subdued again by that floral note kicking back up again. I mean, if it hadn't have said rose, I'd have no idea that's what it was. Mm. But it is, it is a uh, you know a much more delicate kind of floral note that I am getting. Mm. Um, I, I don't know my floral notes enough to be able to pick different things out in that sort of sense, but I'm getting flowers, spice, <laughs> bitterness, flowers. There yeah. we go. Perfect. Yeah, That's exactly a, as and cinnamon. Yeah, and cinnamon. <laughs> taste, is there much of, much of the cinnamon taste? Um, or is there is. The there nose? is. It gives you. It, it's it's something that gives you. It's the same as you get with a cinnamon rum. Mm, there we go. I said it. I said it. A cinnamon. Rum. That spice. Um, that that slight spice, that right. little bit of warmth behind yeah, it as well. Like, like kind of like a, a bit of a malt spice, sort of. Almost, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and a very, a very slight bite to it as well, which then kind of just merges into that very earthy kind of bitterness. Uh, you know, very easily just folds into that for that nice. to then just lead you through the sort of the rest of the flavour. But then the cinnamon, um, it, 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 it is there. It's kind of. I know, I'm very, I'm thinking about it a lot. I know, it's so obvious, it's great. (laughs) So it it, it definitely is there, and it definitely rides through. Whilst it does flow into that earthy bitterness, it it, it is Mm. just there, and it's very, that is the kind of the flavour that you can pick out from this this beer. Uh, The cardamom, maybe a little less. Mm. Uh, I don't know what that's maybe doing. Cardamom, I mean, you're having that, so that's why I thought maybe it was that mould sort of spice taste, because... 
those are standard things in like a mold spicy yeah spicy yeah and it's you get that, that you do get that, that little bit of a bite that little bit of a slight sweeter kind of note from the from the cinnamon and maybe the the cardamom is just uh just pulling that back very slightly it is maybe yeah. that bitterness that is what okay. is pushing that bitterness just that little bit more perhaps that's yeah. nice yeah. cardamom doesn't isn't super forward as it no. tastes like unless you have a, unless you bite into a cardamom pod like cooking with cardamom for example like it gives a taste but it's not immediately like oh that's cardamom right it is and it's I'm a not, perfect, not surprised perfect name like... for your cooking show as well right cooking with cardamom oh yeah <laughs> um, and cinnamon yeah <laughs> uh, my beer is really good triple c show. good <laughs> it is creamy um it's got a nice creamy texture it's um again that those tropical fruits again more of the generic tropical fruit sort of like so it was like somewhere between like passion fruit and mango so you mm. know like not nothing quite identifiable in either way but there is a bit of um there's also like sweet citrus like mandarin orange yeah okay. yeah um but coupled with like a zest like a citrus zest so like it's got this starts very sort of tropical fruity then you get this sort of sweet citrus and then right on the finish right before it sort of gives your mouth a drying finish it's got this like the bitterness i think as everything else fades the bitterness of that of it sort of marries with that citrus to give it this sort of nice hit of sort of like oh yeah and also it's sort of nice because uh, as everything else fades away you have this nice hit of citrus peel mm. before it then goes into um a reasonable mouthfeel it's just it's so like the mouthfeel is kind of wet but it's because of the way everything fades you're getting this um bitterness on the tongue which is mm, nice because yeah. you can revel in that bitterness because it's not bitter and dry so they're like oh i need to like oh this is bitter but also i don't i still feel quenched so i can either mm. choose to take another sip and get back into that sweet range or be okay with this bitterness because i'm not feeling forced to do that Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, i would also say yeah i think it's nice because that it's like it feels juicy but that juiciness fades it's not the finish isn't juicy so that gives you a nice balance between feeling it like it's too sort of orange juicy um i think it balances that really well um and has this i'm gonna say that there's a bit of a resinousness to that bitter like this orange peel resiny mm. that, nice. that sits throughout but is the only thing that stays until the finish and that again yeah. gives it a really balanced taste profile does that sort of uh you know uh, the the kind of a, a resinous and sort of an oily nature kind of makes you think of a bit more of, of a slick sort of mouthfeel does that does that change the mouthfeel going from sort of like creamy into that that resinous kind of feel at all um i think maybe a little but i think it's just again i think it's just really well balanced so mm. yeah so i think the creaminess is actually probably mostly in the taste it just tastes really right okay full creamy um yep but now that you've sort of mentioned that like i don't think that texture has changed throughout mm -hmm. and i think it's because that creaminess is not actually creamy texture it's creamy taste so i think it's that juiciness uh and and i think the malts are are sort of more forward in the beginning and mm -hmm. so that juiciness and that maltiness gives you this creamy like this notion of creaminess but doesn't actually give you like the texture of creaminess yeah and i think that's why you don't have this 
transition because there wasn't really anything to transition from. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Well, it's, yeah. it's a really yeah, well-balanced yeah. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good. Good. Indeed. So, uh, we'll drink these. I am... I've got a few games, um, as as kind of we ran out of time last week, to talk about a couple of games. One of which is, is what I'm going to concentrate on, but I'm going to rattle off uh, a, a few games first. Um, so the first one uh, that I have spent a little bit of time with is Tabletop Gods. And it's probably a game that we're going to, or at least I'm going to return to, because <laughs> I got a, a code for it. Adol, you also got a code for it. I just haven't we, been near it. Yeah, we, we haven't had a chance to play together yet. Um, it's it's kind of it's a competent tower defense game. Uh, I've had a little bit of time to kind of dive into the different sort of armies and things, and it's definitely um, enjoyable. It's very easy to to pick up and play. A uh, little bit of uh, of difference between sort of the armies and things, but I think it's going to be much more kind of uh, it's kind of the game I want to play with with a friend with cinemums yes um <laughs> who love playing games uh yeah it's definitely the kind of game i want to play with a, a friend and be sort of like chatting with over you know rather than just playing you know computer ai or random mm. sort of internet player is it, oh is it is online multiplayer? it is online as well yeah i played a couple okay. of uh, online multiplayer Have matches you done them? okay well why don't you tell us a bit about the game and then tell us about the, how the online matching with non-friends went no we're moving on, nope. moving on from Tabletop Gods. We can, oh, we can right, have a conversation right. about that one yeah, when, when you've yeah. had a bit of a chance <laughs> with it, perhaps. Um, another one I'm only going to touch on very slightly is Devolver Bootleg. Um, this was announced and I assume released at the same time as the Devolver Digital uh, E3 conference or briefing, mm -hmm. or whatever you call it. It's brilliantly weird and over-the-top. <laughs> video that they played over the internet to everybody um but it is a collection of um eight bit games that rip from um a lot of the games that devolver have published recently so there is a um an ape out uh like game, ape out junior which looks like which is it plays mm -hmm. very similar to donkey kong okay. there is a, a gato roboto game which is um, rather than you being a cat in a mech suit, you are a cat in a suit of armor, and it's a bit more kind of Rogue Legacy esque, and you swing oh, the sword cool. and you're jumping and stuff. Like that. Yeah, very cool. Um, all of the and oh, and one I really enjoyed was Hotline Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, yeah the one I wanted to know more about. So <laughs> yeah. you could spend a minute telling us that. Yeah, so um, it's it's very similar to Hotline Miami. Um, Hotline Miami is super stylized um it has all the bits you can't really say it's kind of like a 16-bit replica game can you because it's 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 more than that uh this tries to um to take that and turn it more into a multi-level um experience so um hotline hotline miami had slightly larger levels than uh, hotline milwaukee has normally hotline milwaukee is you've got a single screen and you can see everything on that but it's okay. still the same kind of top-down, multi-room sort of thing. So you're moving through, you can pick up guns, you can pick up melee weapons. Uh, one of the things you learn very quickly is that doors don't hurt people. When I walked into a room to try and smash someone with a door and they just turned around and just smashed my head in. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, it's just as... Is that because Milwaukeeans are sturdier folk? Who knows, <laughs> mate, who knows? It's kind of just as grotesque. Uh, you talk to someone on the phone and they have that, um, almost like the shopkeeper's face the bodega kind of guy from hotline miami kind of like a, with all of his teeth missing kind of face that's slightly 
off to the side. Uh, it, it, it just it, it apes uh, Hotline Miami really, really well. But what does um, it do different then? Um, so it, it, it very much plays on that kind of 8-bit style. So things like um, hitboxes aren't quite as forgiving. You need to be like okay. right up next to someone to actually hit them with a melee weapon. Um, yeah. Shooting is on 8 uh, you know, on eight the, points, the diagonal, on kind yeah, yeah. of you know okay. that three sixty arc. So mm -hmm. it, it leans into that right. um, that kind okay. of style a lot more. And the same for okay. all of these games. So again, the Gato Roboto uh, game, the hitbox on those you've got to be you've got to be really close. And those sword swings that you have rather mm -hmm. than um, guns, it, they're yeah. really slow as well. So it definitely all of these kind of play on that uh, on that kind of like eight bit notion those older game kind of things and, and looking at the limitations of those sort of things which is why i think it's really good and it's only like four yeah. quid and you're getting eight one percent one percent discount yeah. yeah i haven't finished any of them i've kind of i've played a little bit of most of them a couple of them mm -hmm. are two player um mm -hmm. which i haven't got into yet uh, and i don't know whether that is two player online or two player local right. so i haven't i haven't touched those ones yet uh, but again, the um, Enter the Gungeon, which I just think I think is just called Gun Dungeon, um, <laughs> is a similar kind. You know, it's a single yeah. screen. Enemies pop up, and you have to shoot them again on an on an eight point sort of scale. Uh, you know, uh, around that sort of um, eight compass points kind of aiming, and then you just move into the next room, and they pop up again and stuff. So it, mm -hmm. it, it just works very well at aping these games that it's done. Uh, really, really good um really um, good satirical kind of take but very well cool. accomplished yeah um to to ape those styles um again um, so mm -hmm. go ahead so i was going to say uh, the third game was oh, okay, Gatto Roboto that, that i just wanted to touch on but we'll go back to devolver bullet okay i was just gonna say you you've reminded me that i've played a different game okay <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> I've, I, um, I have actually played Ape Out, and you reminded me by talking about the Ape Out, but whatever. We can talk about that next week. I just want yeah? to be like, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I guess what I want to know is have you played Ape Out, or have you only played the bootleg? So, I played the. Um, so, with Ape Out, I played the playable trailer. Trailer, yeah. Yeah, right. playable trailer, um, which was obviously, which was the game, but it cuts very quickly between different yeah. um between different levels i guess yeah. uh, all to this insane jazz soundtrack oh, um ape out junior is different it's um it's got a bit more it's of a Donkey Kong junior isn't it it's pretty much donkey Kong junior it, 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 it's just that and you're jumping you can grab guys and throw them and they blah, 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 along the platform and then you know but yeah it's a, it's a platformer a rather than a top it's down it's a 2d 2d platformer lower. rather than a top down yeah cool um, um it's really good I yeah. really like it. it. It is. Yeah. When you are having a bad day or mildly annoyed at a game, no matter what level you're on, no matter what level you choose, you will have catharsis. Nice. Smash that's some good. people into a wall. Yeah, that's what we need. Um, yeah. So you're so, Gato Roboto. Which so I saw. Yeah, I, I, I played Gato Roboto. Uh, Lucy, you and I talked about it in the weekend. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, sure. I, I remember just... that conversation. <laughs> yeah. That was right at the beginning of our day, Lucy. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's a very, um, it's a very good kind of Metroidvania. It doesn't lean Meow, into the style. Yeah. 
doesn't <laughs> lean into the style too much you know it doesn't overstay its welcome you're not backtracking through areas too much there are a couple of times where you have to kind of go back a little bit mm -hmm. but you're not picking up abilities that will then unlock big areas later on and things it is quite easy it's quite accessible to be able to sort of play and again you don't need to unlock everything to be able to progress either you could probably get something like 60 uh percent of the sort of the, of the unlockables and things like that mm. um well if, you, if you're talking about like there are ones that you know a story progression you have to get but yes things like yeah. the collectibles there yeah. are collectibles and there are collectibles. Um, like they heart are containers and, and, yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you don't need to, and it, it, it wraps up very nicely, it was very, um, you know, it is quite linear in what it wants you to do, yeah, um, sure. and where it sort of, and where it takes you, but the, the, the style of it is really nice, um, and is it Doinksoft who made it? Yes. Yes, it they are, they also made um, the Devolver bootleg, so they're the only oh, uh, developer made it all. That, yeah, they're the only developer that flashes up at the start oh, of the Devolver bootleg when you kick into it. So I think they must have made all of those experiences. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, very well, much. Well, they got the 8-bit yeah. down, so, yeah. Completely. Um, so Gatoroboto is is really good. If you want sort of a very, uh, a very quick, uh, very Cute, approachable, sort of yeah. Yeah, approachable Metroidvania, mm. that is definitely one to, to go and pick up. Uh, yeah, it's only well, like five pounds. <laughs> Just crazy. Yeah, it was not even that. It's like three pound fifty or four oh, yeah. quid or something like that. Yeah, I, I think it was, it was four pounds on so Steam. Mm. I bought it yeah. when I knew I couldn't even play it for a few weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. seem to like it. Fuck it, I'll buy it. Yeah, like fifteen yeah, ninety nine yeah. on Switch, but you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's it, it does the perfect yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, the Metroid map, and you're filling mm. in the Metroid map. But any game that has a Metroid map is, uh, I mean, you're on the way to being perfect at least. <laughs> There you go. I just wish it was longer, and that's the only game I'll ever say that about. <laughs> mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it is a nice, neat little package, but it's like, yeah, I, if this was double the length, then I'd been very happy as well. Would have been, I'm still happy. Been anyway. Perfect. <laughs> so, the game I want to talk about um, for real, a little bit into is Observation. Ooh. Sorry, we've run out of time. <laughs> every week every week is it? i'm going first next week um <laughs> i wouldn't have played anything next week this is all of my games um so i want to talk a little bit about observation uh because this is you, didn't play, the... you just watched a let's play uh, no i've observed uh this is the new game from no code uh, another devolver digital published game uh, but I want to talk about it because it, I think it's very, very successfully uh, showcases how a developer has made a jump from creating a, uh, you know, a set of smaller experiences into creating something that is, uh, you know, almost a, an eight to ten hour, a substantial kind of game, and that it never you know never outstays its welcome it continues pushing you through and giving you interesting narrative to be able to keep on through so to, to kind of give you a little overview of the game you you play as sam which is um uh, an ai on board a space station 
and the way that you interact with the world is through cameras so you see what is going on within each of the rooms on this space station through several different cameras located around the room and generally what you're trying to do is um, look for different objects and interact with them so you know sometimes some objects may not be apparent from the first camera that you are looking through and you've got to switch to a mm -hmm. different viewpoint and search around for that it has a uh, a superb sci-fi story that mm -hmm. runs through with it as well and it leans really heavily into that so uh, it, it it does very well at kind of almost misdirecting you a little bit with some of the kind of the camera angles and things that you're going into um, or changing this scene up very slightly at different points to to make you a little bit kind of um, disorientated you know you you it, it's quite difficult to kind of get the grasp on what this space station is like and where you're looking even though there is a map and an yeah. overview which you can kick into and be like right I want to I want to inhabit this uh, this room and it will kick you into one of those cameras but sometimes occasionally depending on what sort of happened to the space station and things sometimes you may inhabit that camera and suddenly you're looking upside down into a space and you've got to orientate yourself around that thing actually what's mm -hmm. going on here and it's changed very slightly or things have happened it does very well at um just changing the perspective even though it's the same perspective yes it does, it does so well at those sorts of things and you can see how it's built up from stories untold and they've taken kind of what they they crafted with that game and just sort of just built on that really really well uh mm. it, it's it's kind of um it, it's it's edging right up there this year for one of the best experiences that i've had so far nice um and it's it, it just it's such a very well produced and well made product as well yeah that it, it kind of gives you it just gives you so much and a lot more than i was kind of expecting i think going into this i'd kind of heard oh you know you you you, you control the computer um, but it didn't give you a huge amount more than that in terms of its explanation mm -hmm. uh, but it is it is much more than kind of just controlling the computer you're, you're going in yeah. and you have a lot of little mini puzzles and things about what you're kind of trying to do to turn on or off systems and to interact with the with the space station as well um, um you play this on the playstation yes i did play on the playstation yeah how, how does it are you aware of it's PC. Yeah, it's currently very cheap on PC. Yes. Um, oh, sorry. What, um, what, um, what, what store is it? <laughs> I spent enough money with those people. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was one of. <laughs> so in March, it got it got subtly shifted from Steam to Epic. Yeah, because I was looking forward to it, and then they pulled down the Steam page. But anyway, um, how how does it? I mean, you obviously played it with a controller on um, yeah. PlayStation. How does it control? Because, like, a lot of those, you know, um, games where you're hacking into, like, camera feeds and stuff like that, like Watch Dogs and Republic, they never controlled well for me. So how does yes. this feel with that, so like, you're disorientation? Kind of, you'll never uh, sort of... Um... You know, you know, you're not hacking into cameras and things like that. So mm. you kind of just instantly inhabit this camera, and you just use one of the analog sticks to, oh, okay. to look around right. on its limited kind of view. 
you know, it might be in a corner, so you have that 90 degree kind of view and, and up mm -hmm. and down, sort of that, that sort of view. And then using the other, I think you use the other analog stick to zoom in and out. And, and then how do you, you basically change just press from it. camera to camera? So camera to camera is just the bumpers, so L1, L1, L1 R1. And so they're all in like, is it like is Five it? Nights at Freddy's? Actually, like, no, it you know, might like... be. Actually, changing between cameras, I think, is left and right on the directional pad rather right. than the bumpers. But but it's not like oh uh, you know is it is it like You've okay they're all on a loop a like no hmm. no no it's not on a loop you haven't got to go into a screen you move them independently so it's not like no, you inhabit a camera and it has hit its no yeah, but I think, I think she path. means I think she means switching through the cameras is it like yeah. there's seven cameras on the whole space station and you just go left on D pad throughout or do you picking like a room and then shifting between cameras yeah. and the so yes, so you can pick a room and you shift between maybe two or three cameras in that room. Right. I think three is the maximum. Uh, so, but you you do scroll through them. So you hit right and you be in camera A. You hit right, you're in camera B. You hit right, you're in camera C. Or you just hit mm. left and you're back in camera A. I think okay. that's why maybe three is the maximum because you're only ever one button press away from being away from, in, yeah. an, an, right. in another yeah, position. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, it does control well. There are a few issues around. Um, you do inhabit at some point a sphere, mm. which has a camera on it. So suddenly you get, a little bit of, you get a little bit of free movement around the space station. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is a little bit cumbersome, but mm -hmm. I think it's intentionally a little bit cumbersome. Uh, you know, you are not this zippy sphere, which is being created by an alien race. You are a very mm -hmm. man-made sphere made in like 15 years time which needs to yeah. operate in this kind of 3D environment, this, well, this think... zero-gravity 3D environment. So um, I watched uh, Zero Punctuation's review yesterday on this game, mm. and uh, so I'll bring up three of his critiques. Uh, sure. What H brings up right now, because he sort of said, uh, so one, he clearly liked the game because there wasn't random needless snark for five minutes. It was like, Oh, and <laughs> like, now I remember why I used to listen to you in the first place because there's yeah. a bit of snark and like legitimate things. And one of the things he said was it kind of sucks that they he didn't like them introducing the um, the mobile camera because the whole aesthetic and tone of the game was being stuck in these cameras because you're mm. the AI and you therefore were limited. Mm -hmm. and so we felt like it was a cop out to then in the later acts of the game be like, oh, but you have free movement. Um, so I was just wondering um, what your thoughts on that were. So I, I do feel similarly, mm -hmm. but it's kind of, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I do feel similarly. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. A, this I mean, is a good uh, approach to this idea. It is, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing he said was, I mean, so he thought control wise, he hated how slow the cameras moved, but it sounds like you liked it because it was that limiting thing. Yes, I yes I did. Um, I think it it, it sort of um, it's it's kind of got that narrative feel that it shows the limitation of technology, and and nice. you know it's not just sort of like I can instantly point at you know, at the poster behind Lucy because it has some tiny writing on that I need for some kind of puzzle, you know, it's just Dude, a, those you have are to explore. <laughs> you have to explore the environments, you know, to sort of to see what you're kind of honing in on and to find those different systems that you can link into. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not kind of, um, it's a game I might talk about next week, but I've been playing uh, Draugen, uh, which is a walking sim, 
but um, that will, as soon as you're looking in a part of the room, that will have a little circle pop up on anything you can interact right. with. Right. Okay. Um, oh, so you, this... you know exactly where you can go and what you can do. Uh, this what you a, have to what explore a your environment. Preschool adventure game. Yes, a little bit, a little bit. But you've got to, with observation, you have got to look. It is all about observation. You have to look yeah. around your environment. Is, so, is, go on. I was just going to say, is it like you say it's got that very narrative focus? Is it like so linear and well produced, where it's like, oh, it knows the game knows when I'm going to look through this camera, and it's going to have something that's just slightly off to the side, and you don't know what's going on, and it's. It, it, it intentionally so, obscures it like it doesn't for that. do no it doesn't do that much um mm. with kind of like with action happening mm. um occasionally you do get it you know it's a very atmospheric kind of game you get yeah. a, a few little like jumps in there where things may slightly appear at the edge of your kind of camera feed um yeah. or or something will will fly past in sort of in the distance you know through through sort of like a connecting port or something like that mm -hmm. um it does do those sorts of things yeah like it, sort of like fire much, watch kind of yeah. like, yes fire. yes but it, it okay. very much sort of like if you need to find a document because you need a code for something mm -hmm. that document will be in full view of one of the cameras you know you mm -hmm. just have to find where that camera is yeah. now, obviously everything is very um environmental so if you're trying to get a password for someone's computer that code is probably in their uh you know in their mm -hmm. personal sort of space in their in their bunk room sort of thing and you just have to find the camera and how that relates to it to find that kind of code uh, normally when you hover over things anything you can interact with it will flash up at the bottom uh that you can interact with it so it will come <laughs> up and say like hatch control and you know that you can zoom into that and there is some kind of interaction with the hatch control um, right. so okay. it does give you little signifiers about where things are a document it's like scan document and it will pop up just at the bottom of the of the screen saying scan document so you know that that is what you're looking for and occasionally there's been things where i've hovered over like a piece of paper that's taped to a wall mm -hmm. and i instantly know i can move on from it because nothing has popped up so it gives you those signifiers and it doesn't doesn't make you endlessly search i'm really glad to hear that because one of uh, zero punctuations like criticisms was it became find the right thing and like so like i, I so having not played the game but like understood a bit of the style having seen the trailer he would yeah. his like, complaint was like what it like a lot of these rooms you're looking for the quick note that someone made about this important thing but because mm -hmm. it's a bunch of people living on a space station of modern times yeah. there's post-it notes everywhere yeah and he was like so you're just scanning through things but i mean to me it seems like that's sort of the whole premise of the game it is and it so is and it, to hear that like there are these earmarks where immediately i can look at post number one and be like nope this doesn't my my the ai hasn't recognized a thing and then moved on to post number two it sounds like the right balance of you have to hunt and search but also it's not like you'll have to hit seven commands to figure out this isn't the right thing completely completely and mm -hmm. they uh and they they signal that very early on so you might suddenly um hit to a camera you've got to you've got to find a code for a computer and you hit to a camera and suddenly you can see the back of a laptop and it has a post-it note with a number on and you know that that is the passcode in so suddenly you realize okay yes post-it notes are important and you might hit to a camera 
and there's post-it notes kind of on the thing, but the, the writing on them kind of is illegible. You're like, well, they, mm-hmm. the, you know, I don't need to zoom into those sorts of things. Oh, so there's, you know, good. it will so be, I'll, I'll, I'll see a post-it note with four very definitive numbers on it, and I will know that that is what the password is. So there's a meta, there's like meta properties to these things. Yes, yeah, very much, very much. Yeah. Um, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you, it is very similar to Tacoma, yeah, it yeah. doesn't, Post-it doesn't notes make you everywhere. endlessly search just for the sake of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the what the big criticism that I bring up from the zero punctuation view, I mean, we should stop on the other ones, but was, and I think it's just because if you are a games reviewer, you can like, you look at things slightly differently, but like there are moments in the plot where you are interacting with people. Yeah. And despite their, like their moments of like danger or worry or whatever, um, because the game is about you being the uh, AI and number crunching, they, the, the characters end up just sort of waiting for you to do a thing, even if it doesn't make sense narratively. And he was like, this seems really dumb. And I was wondering if you thought it was a less big idea, because if you were just playing at the standard narrative pace, like whether they designed it such that this is a limitation, but if you were just trying to, like, if you thought this person was in danger or whatever, you'd be doing the Mm. thing um, and you wouldn't Mm. notice. It's only when you sort of slowed down and noticed they weren't acting that it became apparent. Does that make sense? No, no, it does make sense. Yeah, completely. I think that the way I played it, um, I didn't explore a huge amount in those moments. So when something had to happen, I I kind of dove into you that narrative and I went markers. to find where it was going. There is a point, uh, like that point of no return, you know, right at the end of the game where it's like, this is, you know, we're, we're going to go through a procedure now. If there's anything mm-hmm. you want to kind of go off and explore, uh, you, should probably, you, should, you should probably do it now. But it, it, it is at a point where there is implied kind of peril and, you know, and there would be some kind of timer on this sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's a, like the feeling I got was it could this could just generally be like we've game designed around this. It's only because if you're trying to do weird things that you'll notice this. And so <laughs> good to hear that your experience was you didn't really notice that these NPCs were waiting for you yeah, when they shouldn't. Yeah. The one think... moment he said that sort of struck me as possibly problematic was there was a guy who you're putting in a room and going to airlock out. I don't know enough about the game to know. Um, and apparently he was like, please don't do this, please don't do this. And you had to like slowly seal three doors and he was just not moving. <laughs> and I was like, so the, the way it's described like that, I was like, oh, this seems like bullshit. But, so so that, I that's... Did... So yes, yes, I did feel that definitely at that point in the game, but yeah. I think I was also um, I was also swept up a little bit, and I was trying to rush through getting those things closed. Um, yeah. Yes, they may have been able to program some kind of uh, uh, program something in that perhaps I was in that computer, so his body was moving towards the door that i was currently programming but i was in that scene programming something so i wouldn't have seen that anyway i would have come out of that to maybe then see him at a closed door suddenly for him to then you felt the narrative like brought you for through those those moments i think so yeah because that's the feeling from the description i got was like 
it sounded like there was enough narrative impetus to try and rush through it, and I'm okay with the game's mechanics mm-hmm. not doing X when the narrative can pull you, will generally pull you through it, so you won't notice that they're not doing that. I mean, yeah, the push and pull of of design, right? You don't want that to was, completely. Yeah, that was my main concern about the game. It's like because yeah, it does seem like that highly produced like atmospheric game. Mm. It's like are all the NPCs like waiting around? Zooming in on a piece of paper, or is it like, as you said, it's like a really tight experience, so it doesn't sound like that. It's like, mm. it's like I don't know, like rubber banding in like a driving game. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, it can be done really well, so you don't notice mm, it. Can be done yeah, in like Mario Kart, just yeah, completely. Like, I, yeah, I like, um, I, I was just about to say, I was playing Forza earlier, and it's like you have like these set piece, like. Um, driving uh, like races, you're racing against like a train. You know, it's completely ridiculous. Like the, the train? like rubber, yeah, like a train, and like you're doing it against okay, like a hovercraft. You're racing yeah. against the members of the band train. You do like dirt bikes and everything. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's great, but it's like it it it, it tunes it so perfectly where it's like. You're always neck and neck with the train. Where it's like the train's obviously like you know the AI's are slowing down, obviously, or like speeding up at certain times. So yeah. it's got that nice, nice rubber banding. But it's like I still finished ahead of the train. Where it's like yes, it's you know just in that. I think it was like within a few milliseconds, and it's like it it it's just perfectly fine tuned. Where it's like it's not obvious at all. But it's mm, like right. yes, okay, the game's obviously doing this because. I'm terrible at driving, but <laughs> I have to rewind at least four times. But um, I, th- I think observation does that mm. in a way mm-hmm. through kind of a slow build in the narrative. So right. you'll be interacting with the character, and the character says, "Hey, uh, we need to kind of do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a couple of other things you could do at this time." Um, you know a couple of other uh, uh, issues that we've got on the space station and nothing is really that pressing so you you go and deal with one thing you go Mm. and deal with something else and you're constantly talking to this kind of character or the character is talking at you through some of this and then suddenly you're you know you've done the task that you need to you're in that kind of mindset about going through those systems and doing what needs to be done for it to suddenly then be like shit something has happened there's an emergency and you're like right I'm not. I'm not in exploration mode. I have been following this narrative, and I am. I'm definitely fully into what is going on on kind of on the space station through this story. For suddenly this issue to pop up, and you're like, right, we've got to deal with this right now. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's an, uh, you know, there's there is no timer. I mean, there might mm-hmm. be, but not one that I ever kind of encountered or fell foul to. But right. um, it, it kind of it makes you feel that there is an urgency. So, yeah, definitely. And, and because it's built you up in that kind of like slow build narrative to be invested in what you're doing, they suddenly then hit you with that urgency. And you're like, "Yes, I'm yeah. going to do this. Um, yeah, this is that's exactly great what I need to sort of be tasked on." Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. And I think mm-hmm. that's maybe where uh, you know getting that that criticism from zero punctuation that maybe people were kind of waiting on you that that, that is going to be a very subjective thing. You know how how easily you're kind of drawn into what is going on and thinking actually yeah I'm going I am going to follow kind of this and this and this and then suddenly it's like bam this is a, there's an issue here let's go and deal with it and you're like yep mm-hmm. sure I'll do yeah. that yeah totally and I guess I, what like I'm like I said I'm perfectly fine with the developers doing that shortcut of 
relying on their narrative to take you past these moments, might, which might be gameplay kind of mad. And so it's good to hear that you just sort of, until I told you someone yeah. had this, 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 yeah. um, this moment of, I don't, I don't like it. You're like, I had, could have been a thing. Like you just, just literally so... lived the game. You, you played through the game and didn't find this to be a problem, even though clearly it's a gameplay, like it's defined, like the gameplay was designed in this way and the narrative carried you through such that it wasn't. That's just, what I wanted to, to, just, I you know, yeah. increase the BPM of the music and you're good. Like, I just said <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I need but yeah, it's great when games can do that. Yeah, it's great when games can do that, though. Yeah, completely. Yeah. completely. And I, I think no code, um, you know, the writers and, and the, the sort of the game makers are very mm. good at that. And it's something they definitely felt with Stories Untold. Um, and it... it, it lends itself very well to observation definitely uh, it's a very very good evolution of their kind of storytelling and and their production quality as well mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stepping up and they've kept a lot of the the filters that they had you know those those very oh, nice. sort of 80s yeah. Yeah. vhs style filters and things you know those those do kick in at various points on kind of like the camera feeds that you've got based on sort of like where you are and, and yeah. things that have happened so nice. they've done they they've um they definitely stepped it up for this game, which is really, really Excellent. good to see. Yeah, I look forward to trying it out. Yes, Excellent. Yes. Uh, so have you played Tacoma? I have, yeah. The deal, I know I took your code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's on, it's on everything. Because uh, I had it on some other system. Um, mm, but I didn't play it on that system. I was like, there's no right? reason for me to have... Yeah. Yeah. Because um, what I... Yeah, it's... And, it, and you can... Well, when, when Game Pass Ultimate or whatever it's called. Uh, you yeah. can play it on PC. So, mm. even though you probably own it, I think in I have several it. different places <laughs> already. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think. I mean, fact, so was... when I when I come back from Canada, I immediately go to Vienna for the giving a talk in this conference. Mm -hmm. but then when I come back from the conference, I don't have anything on my plate except for doing the corrections on my PhD, which won't take long. And it's like, oh, and applying for jobs, but it's like. I'm really looking forward to the idea that, like, because the way the job market works, there's like I can't just continuously apply for jobs. I have to wait for the jobs to appear. So, like, yeah. there's no way I can feel guilty about playing games because there'll be physically nothing I can do about my life except to play games. <laughs> That's the I'm best really place to be. To like coming back to a lot of the things that earmarked and stuff we've talked about that I have. Yes, sort of, like, we'll give you a priority list. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, well, you give you some that, homework. That 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 in, was a that uh, game that you're like the car on the cliff. I never got around to playing Oh, it. yeah. That's, that's um, the Far and, From and Noise. Like, yeah, yeah, Far From Noise. And then also okay. uh, Far Alone Sales. That's why I remember them yeah. together, because they both have yeah. far. And they're, they've both been near the top of my list, because I've been super curious about them. And it's like, those are both short. I should fucking just... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's, it's like even short games. It's like, even when we had uh, Alex on the pod, he was like, oh, yeah, you should play um, Captain Spirit. Hmm. Still haven't. <laughs> you know, it's like, you have to... I think it's at on my PlayStation. Well, it's free. Play, so play Captain Spirit. Play Captain Spirit. It's very good. Um, well, a little bit different, it. maybe for you, Lucy, because you have played the first episode of Life is Strange season two. I haven't played that. Yeah. Have you not? Oh, you haven't no. played. Yeah, okay. I want to play Captain Spirit first. Play Captain Spirit first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, um, I'll say okay again and not play it for another yeah. five months. <laughs> Life is Strange um, two. 
on the E3 announcement, that seemed legitimately interesting because there seemed like an like a broadcast. Is that the third episode they're teasing or the fourth? I, I thought remember. it was number two. Uh, no. It oh, it's the second it season, out. but the second, the second, right, yeah, second season, episode two must be but, out. Yeah. Episode yeah. three yeah. must be out, surely. I think three is out. I think three came out a few weeks ago. So. Oh, is... Am I... Yeah, because I think the final episode is like coming out in December, isn't it? They're really, they're really spaced out right. between their episodes, mm. aren't they? It's, I it's mean, that was like the first four season. Months, well, roughly, yeah. like yeah, yeah. So I think it's about I mean, four it months sense. between each episode. Like yes. Mm. Why rush it? Completely. It's on Game Pass as well, so. <laughs> yeah. But what isn't on Game Pass? I can't. I couldn't so, tell you. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's let's delve mm. into that a little bit. So, uh, Life is Strange season two is on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first episode is free on there. Yeah. I'm not sure if the second episode is, mm. but the first episode definitely because, is. Because uh, the first episode of Life is Strange Season 1 became free quite quickly, didn't it? Available like through Steam. Uh, yes, and yeah. Things like that, sort of, to yeah. generate a little bit more interest in, say, episode 4 and 5 and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, And the whole of the first season if, is free as well. Yeah, but... so interesting to see if suddenly once that's fully available as a as a um, you know as all five episodes whole package, would be something yeah. that jumps on game pass i imagine maybe not maybe so, not instantly i imagine like, instantly <laughs> yeah, uh, game pass yeah. are fucking nailing it at the moment so it's incredible mm. yeah everyone can go and play metro exodus good game yeah i just downloaded it on my drive don't know when i'm gonna get around to um, it no <laughs> so, Adol, <laughs> let's move on, because you mentioned you also had a game you wanted to talk oh, about. shit, yeah, I forgot, we haven't talked about that. Um, oh, yeah, so, um, my friend Diane, um, who made that lovely tanked up cross-stitch that is available on some sort of link somewhere, it's it's great. <laughs> One of the few things I've put on my walls since I've moved around a bunch, um, but uh, she's got a Switch, um, but we have been playing, so it's sort of been over at her place a couple nights. We've been playing uh, Box Boy and Box Girl. Yeah. And I've never played a Box Boy game. She didn't know these were possible. Even. <laughs> do not do not harass the person who is a fresh convert. This is not good. I'm good. good. Yeah. You harass Ben. You're ben, a have you played a box blank game? Yes. Have you really? <laughs> no, he hasn't. Yeah, he's been, he's been. He hasn't um, even seen a 3DS. Yeah, I was gonna say, he's never touched uh, one. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I used yeah. to have a 2DS, but I've never touched a 3DS. Yeah. Uh, I've only ever had a DS Lite. <laughs> You've had a 2DS, did you say? Mm. I did say the, that, the, yes, the, you're right, but I didn't mean that. I just mean I'd had a DS, yeah. Oh, you didn't have the doorstop, okay. I get so it. I, I, bought a, I bought a DS Lite Right, like the second gen slimline mm. thing. The slimline one, yeah, that's what I had. A yeah. pink one, I had. Oh, I had a white one, like because there were no other options, and we played Mario mm. Kart. This is one I worked in IT. We played Mario Kart at lunch all the time to the point where it was clearly unprofessional because the, it was with the people who worked at the sports center, and so like walk-ins would hear us hooting and hollering. <laughs> mm, nice. That's gambling show. I I brought I brought a pink one. <laughs> For you know, veiled very much brought a pink one for my girlfriend at the time. Like I brought you a DS, yeah. here we go. But I've also brought this 
magic little cartridge that I can put into my computer and download all of the games yeah, right. that I've created. <laughs> for so I, I wish I had never done that because I, um, I played the DS a bunch and then as soon as I had an R5, I stopped playing the DS because it was like, can you have any game? Oh shit, I don't know what game to play. Like I just got paralyzed by mm, I had an R4. I had an R4. I don't remember what they um, are. I, I may have picked a digit out of the... Yeah, I just mean I had the, the generation earlier. But I always remember it was all about Elite Beat Agents. I played that just constantly. Just Elite Beat Agents all the time. I never played that game. But uh, yeah, so um, box games. <laughs> uh, it is Box Boy, Box Girl, uh, I think... So the first world we played, we did not. So if you get all of, if you do it enough, few, if you use as few boxes as you can, you get a black star versus just the pass, which is a white star. First couple of worlds we played, actually three or four, was all white stars and like the occasional black star level. And then, uh, and then there was a learning curve upgrade where we realized like you can make boxes. So basically each level- and then we you, trap them back in. Yeah, you're a box and you can make a box and each level will tell you how many boxes in a row you can make. I just realized Ben's never played them and I'm just speaking as if everyone knows. Um, and, <laughs> everyone and, should know. <laughs> and most levels, it's like two or three and you both make two or three. Some levels, box boy will make five and box girl will make two or vice versa. Um, but the idea is it's a platforming puzzler where you you can jump exactly one box forward and one box the in a in a horizontal direction. Mm -hmm. So one box vertical, one box horizontal, um, and it's a platforming puzzler. And so you can throw a box one box length forward. So basically, you can jump throw it space, then the box will land. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it matters because you have to think in basically the <laughs> mega. Basically, the game is like, what if the world was these giant pixels of boxes? Yeah. Right? And then it's almost like, like I, I assume it's, it's grid-like, but, but, grid -like, yeah, but, but mm. sort of a, a 2D side-on grid-like sort of view. Sort of, yeah. So you're, you're, yeah, exactly. You're in a platforming center, 2D platforming view. Um, but what's nice is the grids aren't. It's not snap-on grids. So you, the way mm. you do levels well is you. Oh yeah, you need to be here. You need to be one box to the right and make a two-box bridge. But I can make a one-box bridge and just push it halfway through, hop onto it and hop over, and instead of using two boxes, I use one, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's things like that, like realizing that you don't have snap-on, so, et cetera. And also, as a, um, you basically hit Y on the switch, but you hit a button and you crouch down and you can make... I, I... That's not going to work if the light... <laughs> yeah, the light's terrible. So it's very showing black and white. Level. Ha yeah, it is very black and white. This is a black and white <laughs> game. It is a very straightforward game. But the idea is, like, what you can do is crunch down if you have, like, four boxes and, like, a three-box gap. The standard way um, is to throw a two-box. Um, no, not having it. You make two boxes that are, are, are horizontal, and then you throw them in the four-box space, and then you hop yep. over and hop over. But what mm -hmm. you can do instead is, if you both have three, is one of you stands right on the edge, makes three, doesn't let go, so you're like in the middle of deciding, so you're in the generation mm -hmm. mode where you choose to back off, etc. So you haven't committed to creating it. While you're doing that, the other person can hop on it, hop off, 
and then they can, and then you zip back. Don't make any single permanent boxes. You've used zero boxes. The other person can make a three box bridge, and you yeah. can hop on. You can jump on. The, yeah. yeah. What, what That's kind of like when you get in the Black Stars in two-player part. Um, yeah. it, it's, not, it's not the only way, but it is it's a very best. Easy way. It's an easy way. Because <laughs> yeah. um, like I've I completed levels with, oh, get under ten boxes, and I've used zero boxes. Three years. <laughs> but, I mean, what I <laughs> Literally like zero it, boxes. <laughs> but, like, what I really like about this game is, uh, so it's like, my niece and nephew are a little young, but this, like... Give them two, three years, and like mm. we can play this game together because passing is using any amount of boxes. Yeah, like finish it, you've passed. You get two boxes per. So basically, you, there's three medals, and there are crowns in the level, which are basically you to some one character needs to jump and touch it or touch a crown to get it. You need to get all the crowns to get the crown bonus, which is four okay. medals. Um, and each sort of tier of passing is two medals, and you use those in the store, which I'll get to in a second. Okay. But the idea is basically, if you finish, if you get both of the people from the beginning of the episode, uh, the the level to the door, you win. And so, oh, like, yeah. it's such it's such a good like Nintendo style game where there's the tier of I'm young, I just want to play this game, I'll get through it, and I'm old and I like gaming and this is going to be tough. I have to figure it out. Yeah. And yeah. no matter which type of player you are, you will can progress through the game because you have white stars and black stars, but you can mm -hmm. go back and be like, no, we need to perfect this. And so like mm -hmm. when Dan and I first started, we were just sort of going through and then it was like, nope, let's, let's do this right. <laughs> and then there's a lot of like back and forth. Like, wait, if you do this, yeah. you do that. And it's, I think it really helped that we didn't try and perfect things off the top, so we got a feel for the game, and then it was like a really collaborative couch co-op. Like we were on the same time the whole time, but occasionally I could troll her because uh, <laughs> I am. So things like if you fall in a pit or on the spikes, you die. That also means that if I'm standing beside you, I can hit the generate mode, and then three blocks, I can just make three blocks to my right, and that'll push you two blocks to the right, and then you'll fall in a pit. Um, <laughs> but like the game has those moments but there are mm. fewer for, far between mm. but like it's it's actually I found it really refreshing to be able to have a couple moments when we're on a stupid puzzle and like I'm just gonna throw you in spikes yeah I've got a question about your two sort of like different experiences so, Lucy did you play this by yourself um th there's free uh like not modes, but free campaigns, I'd say. There's um, just the standard one. There's one where you're not just a little cube, you're actually a rectangle. That's a second campaign and mm. the co-op. Um, I didn't realize it until I actually just looked at the co-op and it said um, you can play with two people or on your own. And I was like, I said, that's four modes to me. Yeah, but only three matter. The no, ones I, with I, mean, I think, I think, so having <laughs> you played this, so you played it by yourself. Yeah. Yes, uh, just switching in between Bots Boy and Bots Girl. But yeah, you're right, Adil. It is completely different dynamic when you're playing it on your own. Mm. Yeah. And, you're having and, to do different things. Yeah. Does, I suppose what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, by playing it by yourself, you kind of you control one, you put them in a position, you then take control of the other one and run across. And so it's a little bit more, I, I suppose, a little bit more strategic. Oh, and it's mm -hmm. not prone yeah. to, as Adil was saying, it's not prone to those kind of, it's not prone to those 
those ridiculous moments where you might just push your friend into some spikes because mm. you're not looking to do that. You're not kind of yeah. having that that kind of that mm. laugh. You're not. But you also, that, I mean, even if you had a straight face, frown on playing. Yeah. <laughs> but I was but like, like, even if you did, you wouldn't. Up. You wouldn't think it's hilarious that you accidentally killed your friend if you yeah. were playing with characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um. Uh, so like the. Most of the hilarious moments of like accidental death were accidental, not trolling. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's different because so what I think is really great about it is that it's so well designed that especially when you have these asymmetric. So even if you, so if, if if you if box girl has five boxes and box boy has two boxes, you guys have to work together to figure out when to use the five and when to use the two. Um, but even if you have three and three or two and two, it's mm -hmm. still a very turn based thing, which I understand now makes sense because you can play. By yourself but that also promotes like that interaction right it's like yeah. okay well i need to do this and then you are both need to do yeah it. it's or being I can the do most this, but then block. as you can yeah yeah and so even uh, when there's so by yourself it, it, i think that's such a great design thing because by myself i don't have to worry about needing to be over here and here at the same time because mm. i need to control both but also when i'm collaborating we're both problem solving no matter whose turn it is what yeah. if you tried this after I did this, rather than I've done my stuff, you go do your stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think like that design is really, really good. And that's why Lucy can play the whole campaign by herself. But I also yeah. don't ever want, like, I want to play this campaign with someone else. Cause I like started that way and I get, I like that interaction yeah. and I could play the single player. Yeah, play the single player because that's where. I mean, yeah, but like after I played like four worlds with Diane, and then went to the single player, and it was immediately like black starring everything for three worlds yeah. straight. I was like, oh, this is not yeah. done. I I've got uh, the black stars on all the levels, um, so, and I'm just working my way through like the back end of the two player campaign. Still going through, like, like I, I haven't picked it up in a while, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like I've completed 100% every box boy game. Yeah, so. I'm saying it, it is, it is <laughs> so well designed that you could play it with like a 10 year old mm. and have a ton of fun, and yeah. you could do it by yourself and have a ton of fun, and you well, could introduce someone games. to it. But it's like, the Pixar magic, isn't it? Yeah, um, and so ages. yeah, it's great. I really, really like this game. Um, it's my, my one complaint is the friend I started playing with will be on the wrong side of the world as, as me when in like a week. Yeah, and you can't do online because it's uh, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, because we both have switches, like this could be possible. Like, yeah, but yeah. that Twitch reactions, you know, <laughs> making yeah, yeah, those boxes. Yeah, of, of yeah, story. yeah. And you were just a, you were going to get into like the currency. Um, you earn coins. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, depending on how many medals you get at each yeah. level. And there it's are two a different game. currencies, and yeah. one of them matters, and one of them doesn't. Uh, yes, the costumes <laughs> are way more important than so, the unlocking comics. The and, costumes, are, yeah, and music, yeah. and 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 Except additional uh, like challenge time game. levels. Yeah, so, so yeah, you, those are cool. basically whenever you pass a level, you get the equal amount of each currency, and thirty units is basically the the thing. Mm. Um, and you, so that'll be about two and a half levels if you perfect it, I think. Maybe three and a half, three and a half levels, probably. Because um, it's three medals is two units, and then yeah. crowns are four. The currency is not 
Yeah, too important. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you can either buy pieces of music and cartoon narrative of like what's going on, like comic narrative. Which Some is of like, those were funny in the previous games. Yeah. To be fair. Um, yeah. And <laughs> or and then as you progress, you can also unlock like a balloon pop stage where if you oh. basically it's a level with ten balloons and you need to figure out how to pop all the balloons in the minimum amount of time. Mm-hmm. Either single in the single player, there's a different set you unlock than the the, the multiplayer. Um, and that and the balloon pop stage gives you more of the other currency. Why you want that other currency is because thirty a pop gets you like a gachapon like machine that gives you costume aesthetic stuff, which is like full body things like kimonos or tuxedos, um, mouth which gives you like bunny noses, tongue out, etc. Uh, mustaches, <laughs> all the mustaches, yeah, right. eyes which good. give you like swirly goggles, snorkels, etc. Or hats which give you hats, um, and we've. We got. We finally got our second hat, like seventeen in. It was so fucking demoralized. <laughs> our first hat was an antenna with a bubble, and then there was nothing for like five unlocks. Would you, paid, would you have paid thirty p for a hat if you had the chance? No. No. Um, I, I would have played more games to get more hats. Yeah. Is what I did. yeah. There's there's no uh, loot boxes in this no, game. No. It, um, I mean, th- this is what I liked about it was because like it, it gave us an incentive to go back to those. Ingot, like, yeah. We finished the world. We black started like roll five or, and it was we we didn't quite have multiples of thirty left. Mm-hmm. So then we yeah. went back to world two and just cranked mm-hmm. through black start some of those to get us to that threshold so that we would have a multiple of thirty so we could get an extra mm-hmm. bubble. Mm. Yeah, I um in the previous games there was only one currency which would unlock everything, and it wasn't in the uh, um it wasn't the it wasn't randomized what you got you could just buy what you wanted. Oh, I kind of like I that. Believe, yeah, like yeah, and the, uh, but they were just like full body outfits. They weren't, you um, know. Yeah, individual. Although I have to say, um, yeah. having said that, it was kind of fun with their like. Dan wanted a top hat. We didn't get a top hat. She would have bought a top hat, probably never taken it off. But like we've actually gone <laughs> through iterations of yeah. our our box boy and box girl because of the limited like I actually think the random helped because we were trying really stupid mm-hmm. things. It's like, oh yeah. we just did this. What what makes this yeah. stupid thing more interesting? Um, yeah. It's fun dressing up a plain little box right? more than you know. I think my biggest, <laughs> yeah, my biggest complaint is box girls' bow covers a lot of the hats in the suboptimal. Oh, right. Okay. If that's so a, if that's one of your biggest complaints, game. then <laughs> this game is doing exceedingly right well. well. It, it is yeah. an excellent game. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only the bigger complaint is what if you don't have Switch. Screw yourself. Well, yes. Yeah, go fire, Ben. <laughs> Same as if you had not got a PlayStation and wanted yeah. to play God of War, I suppose. Yeah. Or Last of Us. Yeah. So, let's finish there <laughs> for this week. Everyone should play Box Boy. Play Box Boy it's and Box really Girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, sorry, the antenna that you got, um, Adil, yeah. I think that was from, like, part-time UFO, which is also made by Hal, which I spoke about last week. The uh, little claw machine game. So, so that's what I love about HAL games. They always put costumes in, and they always put, you know, their Kirby and everything. Nods. Yeah. 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 Nice. Cute. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So the beers that we have drank this evening, Adam, you have had two. Which yes, did you prefer? 
Um, I'm. I think it's the Ravens Brewing Mosaic IPA, um, the Flying Dutchman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that creaminess, that sort of taste curve that went through sweet and then bitter, and had that that good melding of like keel and resiny, and um, sort of gave me that creamy feel, even though the mouthfeel was sort of still wet the whole time. Like it, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I think it's just a really excellent well-rounded beer um nice. i would gladly have another one right now mm-hmm. um well, having said that so that's the bc beer the edmonton beer um the fjord uh i really liked as well but i guess i found it just it didn't quite have that lo- lovely flowing taste curves that the ravens had and it also um it really didn't feel super nipa like it felt like like it, it's a nipa yeah, but it felt sort of like a light IPA, but not specifically. Okay. So, between That's the cool. sort of categorization and the fact that it wasn't as um, balanced, mm-hmm. but still both great beers, um, especially in the sun. Nice, nice. Uh, Lucy, mm. you have some water and a measuring jug. How was the measuring jug? Was it good? Um, measuring jug like. There's two measuring jugs around these places, mm. and this is my favourite. Okay. okay. Well, so, um, so, top class. So, so here's the real icy, question, though. Mm. I mean, you're drinking at a measuring jug. How yeah. much water did you have? Oh. As if you didn't look um, at the beginning. The I think I've probably had probably about 700 mil. Oh, okay. So this is substantial. Nice Reasonable in a couple of hours, yeah. Yeah, it's more than well, I drank I, in the I, whole day of water. So it's you know, just, yeah, pure water. I drink water like a cow, so that's nothing for me. So I don't drink cows, so if I drank water like cows, it'd be nothing. Wait, that's not what you meant. What do cows drink? Milk. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I also I have two beers this week, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think. Um, I'm going to go uh, with the Impy Hating Hippie mm. um, this week. I really like the Missouri from um, Garage and Whiplash and the other people that I will butcher your name. I apologize. Wojciech Chesney. Uh, first Vyek. Vykek. I don't know. Vyakek. Who knows? Vicarious um, Visions. Vicarious Visions. Yeah. It's one of the. Um, it's definitely one of the better goses I have had this year. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it's 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 really nice and a really good gose, but the the impicating hippie had so much flavour. Uh, it was just 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 full and really good, and I want it. I want more of this beer. It's only in a three thirty mil bottle mm. and i know that i just want another one now you want more cinnamon i want that cinnamon exactly <laughs> i want that slight spice warmth in my life yeah. right now with it being you know perfect day Very for it cold. it's miserable and it's cold outside you know brilliantly kind of uh, uh placed beer for that that shitty weather um but i would nail another one of these right now you do not feel that nine percent at all whilst you're drinking it slightly now but not whilst mm. i was drinking it uh so i just just very well balanced very well made and um you know even though i gave them a bit of shit they nail that flavor text as well told you yeah i mean yeah. The, 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 the <laughs> said. 
Yeah. We need weird more beer. weird beer beers in Bristol, please. Is there you not? See, you've got, you've got, you've, well, you seem to have a new weird beard beard. Weird beard. Every beard week. Every <laughs> other week. Yeah, I see I see one every maybe, you know, a different one every month mm. or six weeks or something like that. When we're at Cartridge Wines, um, I will show you them and they are plentiful and we can Just buy home one. with a giant box of weird beard beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good. That's what I'm going to do we do that so if people would like to talk to us they can do so in lots of different ways we are at tanked up underscore cast on twitter we're tanked up cast on instagram at all if people want to talk to you how do they do so uh the army icon all the things except twitch and switch witches the witch things the witch things lucy if people want to talk to you is it the same are you uh... the same everywhere apart from the witch things Yes, apart from... I'm not even on Twitch. <laughs> I, I think I might be Duke Series. Yeah, I'm Duke Series 9 on Twitch. Oh. I've never streamed. Um, yeah, it's Duke Series 9. And, um... Yeah, shout out to all the listeners. You're great. Woo! Woo-hoo! Including the uh, lovely lady who said hello at the beer festival. Yes. I'm not sure if I got your name. I, I have bad memory. Laura. Hi, Laura. It's definitely Laura, right? Um, it was. Yeah. I'm sure it was, yeah. I'm sure it was. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is news to me. Thank you, anyway. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we forget these things. We were drinking at that point. So, I forgot the yes. conversation about Gatto Roboto me and Ben had that morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so. <laughs> so you, you, you bumped into someone who was a. Yeah. Excellent. Very nice, yeah. Thank That's you for listening. Well, I didn't get to meet you, Laura. Hmm? She pointed at Lucy and went, you're from Tags Up. Yeah. Well, Ben, uh, you know, I did point but at Ben. Not, but, but not Ben. Mate, I well, look the same as 90% of the people there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I look the same as well, none of them. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed you, Laura. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're a fan. You managed to meet these lovely people. Also, we're looking lovely for... Lovely person. A by me. Yeah, that's true. We're looking forward to the shout-outs we'll get in Birmingham when we're there next month. Yeah, Lucy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have we done? I haven't done myself. At Nova underscore 47 almost everywhere. You can go to outoflives.net to look at other articles, listen to other podcasts, and to see a few things that we have posted up about E3, the three of us got to chat oh, yeah. for our thoughts on the bethesda conference and on the microsoft conference they are both up on uh on out of lives on our, on our youtube page and on our yeah. facebook page as well right. so yeah. go to your preferred place out of those three and listen to yeah, know what you, whether you think that we were too harsh too soft yeah and the reason why we didn't record <laughs> the reason why we didn't record it about any of the others because bad apart from nintendo so. <laughs> yeah and now rubens has why. a monopoly on slash slash work yeah slash I'll, I'll, I'll be talking that, about that on out of rupees next week yeah. yes let me say that i i did enjoy squeenix i mean it was very anime did you yeah i did i, did. Uh, I guess if you like anime lucy yeah. squeenix had a decent showing did they especially if you looked at what like the, almost every game had gameplay and it was not a train wreck. True. With... Remember that Bethesda and Ubisoft both existed. Also, it's a lot we should have done an Ubisoft one. 
So we can talk about everything but gay. The best thing was about the pattern. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow night we'll we'll get get to to talk about John Bernthal and his dog. But Bam Bam was pretty good. Don't forget about orchestras. No, just Bam Bam. TV shows and everything except games. I hope his other dog is called Pebbles. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. So is over. It's done. It's finished. There's lots of news out Thank there. God. Some of which like... is on outoflives.net. So go there and have a look at things. It's been a busy, busy week. So I need a cleanse <gasps> from games. That's it. Just yeah. have a sleep for like four days. Oh, I'm going to play yeah. games. Join us next week when we'll have all have been very rested and we won't have played anything. Uh, I won't be around. And it will. Be Lucy and I, and we You'll be on we'll be drunk, and we won't even be playing you won't anything, even playing no games. We'll be tanked up. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>